and welcome to Birdcamp Wonderland. We are an Arsenal podcast. Sometimes. For how much longer? Who knows? But for now, we're still here. It's just me and Danny. Danny, say hello. Hello, Chris. Hello, Chris's jumpers. Well, I was just going to say, I don't know who's wearing worse. Is it your hat? Which is... I mean, it's... I don't know. I don't know how to describe it to somebody who's not listening to this. It's basically like a reindeer is shitting on your head. It which... is. Or, or I've been in a film in a field like a farmer, and I've seen a reindeer, and I've run up to it to give it a big hug. It's turned around, and my head's gone up its ass. Yeah, which is quite apt, actually. <laughs> it's quite apt. Um, whereas I've gone for the uh, the the Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, I mean, it, it's 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 an elite jumper. I think it's fair to say. Where did you it's get it from? Um, I don't know. I think it was Amazon last year. I think. I, think. I can't I think have Amazon. a nice Christmas jumper, partly because it's like a straight jacket on me, and partly they don't do in my size. Oh well, I mean that's your own fault. You've got nobody to blame but yourself. Right, let's get on with this. Um, first of all, um, Arsenal, Arsenal Football Club. Um, this is only going to work if you're watching this. So if you're not watching this, I'll describe what I'm going to hold up in front of the camera. But um, yesterday, I got a. I got a message. I got a little thing in the post. Are they taking the piss? I mean, you know, basically what that is, dear listener, is it's a card from Arsenal. It says, thank you for supporting your club. You're welcome, you frauds. You're bloody welcome. How long is it going to carry on? I don't know. Of course, it will carry on for life. And of course, I joke. But it did kind of remind me that it's kind of a good time to... um, Maybe just bring everyone's Christmases crashing into the floor, Danny. As if, as if this Christmas isn't going to be crap enough. Here we are uh, talking about the the state of play and whatnot. And I feel like every time I come on this pod, I'm moaning at the moment. So I'm I'm going to try. I probably fail. I'm not going to lie. But I'm going to try and keep it positive-ish. I think today's show is really just going to be you and I kind of fielding some questions from the chat and and going through various bits and bobs. So that's kind of what we're going to do. One thing we are going to do just before we we launch into this joy of wonder that that is at the moment, it's it's almost a year to the day, Daddy, that we we said goodbyes to our dear friend Dave Gunaholic, um, who sadly passed away on Christmas Day of last year. our our chiefs and, and friends over at the Gooners Pod are doing a special, I believe. Did you just want to sort of mention that? So if people want to go and listen, they can. Yeah, go to YouTube, the Gooners Podcast. No. Yes. The T no, there's Atoms? Why did they change their name from the American Gooners or whatever it was? You know who they are, Mike and Andy. Go and find them. They've got Holick's son. Or his step their stepson and his his nephew grand grandchildren and loads of people. So don't go and watch don't watch us. When when Mike and Andy come on, um go over and watch them. They did say to us, did we want to organise one? We said we did one last year and personally when, when someone close to me passes away, I'd just rather not talk about it. I'd just rather just be angry on the inside. But Mike and Andy have got loads of people coming on. And uh, yeah, so when it, when they're live, we're going to put the link in here. And then if you can just go and open that in another window and go and say hello to them and show a little bit of support because what they're doing is really nice. And yeah, here we go tomorrow, Chris. It's so weird. 
Mm. It's nuts, isn't it? Time flies. And, and you can always watch us and delay. So if you want to go and watch them live, you can always watch us later. Um, or just don't watch us at all. You know, it's it works either way. Yeah. Uh -huh. If you do want to watch us, though, we're live on Twitch. So you can go and give us some love over there. I noticed that Nishan has, has done just that. So uh, our, our pal Nick, who's, um, I imagine, Nick's streaming at the moment. So hello to Nick. But uh, yeah, hello to all of our Twitch viewers. Um, you can catch us on YouTube in delay and you can catch us live on YouTube when we record. Um, and there's a thing called Twitter. I think you can follow us on. I've never heard of it personally. So, you know. Any news on that? Nah. Nah, I, I, I got my ban in uh, in October. I'm still waiting. So <laughs> one day, by the time I come back, it will be like out of date. It will be something else. It'll have moved forward once again. But um I don't think it's the worst time in the world to not be on Twitter right now, Danny, because I, I can only imagine I'd probably get quite angry at the, at the situation. Um, since, yeah, I mean, since we last talked and my my rant went up, which actually went down better than I expected it to, if I'm honest. I, I expected a ton of abuse, but um, a few people were, were fairly fairly um respectful in their in their reviews of my my rant but since then we've we've lost some more games did you watch the wonderful man city and everton games of last week oh before we answer that nishan it is 2 a.m there so wherever nishan is merry christmas wow. if you yeah, celebrate wow. christmas if you don't then never mind and he's subscribed for two months in a row now with prime and he says I, hey i thought chris wasn't coming back until we won haven't we won we haven't won. <laughs> no, we haven't won. Yeah, let's know where you are, Nishan. Um, if you're in Australia, which I think is the time, yeah, next year's Australia, I think that's the time difference. If you are, let us know. And uh, yeah, thank you for subscribing. Also, somebody, oh, so there you go, Sydney, Australia. Oh, I'm jealous, Nishan. What a beautiful, oh, beautiful so am I. Does he want to adopt us? I'll go. One day, one day I'll go back to Oz. I love Australia so much. But uh, yes, hello, Nishan. And I guess technically it's Christmas Day in Australia, then, isn't it? It is. Hey, there you go, Nishan. Awesome. Um, who I owe someone a wave as well, don't I? Yes, you do. It's one of the very first people in here. It was Luke Howard, long-time listener. He says, oh. can I get a cheeky pirate wave for Christmas? Absolutely, you can, Nishan. Uh, uh, not Nishan, sorry. Um, Luke. Sorry, let's go to the again. Cheeky Pirate Wave. Um, what can I do to make this somewhat different for you? I literally have nothing. I have no props here at all to do anything. So I'm just going to simply go... Hi. If that didn't make you moist, nothing will. So let's pile in then. So, yes, Danny, did you watch... Everton, did you watch Man City? Because I, I had the pleasure of both. Unfortunately, I did watch, indeed watch both of them, and I wasn't impressed at all by either of the game. Did you watch them? Because I know <clears throat> I know you've got to the point recently where when an Arsenal game is on, it is shit. You go, I'm not watching it, I'm going to go and watch the French League. It was so bad. Carl was asking you, what game, what game in the French League should you go and watch? Yeah. And I think now, because you're a sadist, you've actually gone... No, I'm not going to go away. I'm going to stay watching this shit just so I can make myself even more angry than usual. Something yeah, partly. Yeah, I, I mean, some of it was just because I kind of there wasn't other games on. <laughs> French league's taking a break now, so I'm going to have to watch this. I've got nothing else. But no, I, I wanted. I just wanted to. You know, it, it's been hard. It's been tough. But I thought, do you know what? Maybe I maybe I'm part of the problem in turning my back. Maybe I do need to to sort of take it in. And and it should be stressed. I've watched all of the games all 90 minutes, all season. It's not like I don't watch the games. I just don't always watch them live because it's been a painful experience. But 
yeah, I, I took the time to, to watch these two games live. And unfortunately, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure, I'm not sure I made the right decision, really. It, it was just, um, and yeah, we'll come on to that, Ajit. Thank you for bringing that up. I didn't know. Yeah, Hope, today. Hopefully that's not com- a convenient well, we'll talk about it later. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but yeah, it, it wasn't good. The the Everton game, um, I, I I'm not sure I quite get the people that have come out and said that there was there was green shoots there because I just didn't see them. I'm sorry, I just didn't. I thought we were beaten by what I think was a pretty average Everton team. Have they come on this season? Yeah, 100. percent But they were missing, I think, three of their best players <laughs> for this particular game. They had a midfield of Davies and Decore. I mean, that's not exactly. Cool. World class, is it? Leagues, is it? No. <laughs> and then you see um, Arteta still going, I know what, we need someone who's a proven goal scorer at all levels. I'll play Nketiah up front, who looks like he hasn't even gone through puberty yet. Mm-hmm. And, and, what, and what even is that about? In the midfield of El Nenny and Ceballos. Mm. Which it's, like, I, it's like he's trying to get himself the sack. Yeah, I suppose that the El Nenny and Ceballos thing, there wasn't many other options other than Mate and Niles, who you know, I'm sure would both agree probably would have done a better job. There's also the the argument of, you know, in Katia, well, Lacazette's out of form. But if you're going to play a, a player who can literally only score goals in the six-yard box, I'm not sure playing around the 18-yard box is going to help him, you know? Like, because that's all we did. We just fannied around with it. And and again, there's a lot of stats maps going, pass maps going out there and showing how the how the passes go backwards and forwards and sideways in and you know in and around the centre circle and that and it was just the same again. There's there's no speed, there's no pace, there's no. I there were some players I looked at and I just went, "You're you're hiding." I mean, William obviously, <laughs> unfortunately, has to be highlighted in that regard. His first half was was an abortion. He the body language of some players, you you can just see it, and there's a there's a fear as well, which will definitely come on to in the Man City game. But there looks to me like a fear now where the players are, are actually afraid to attack. Not because they, you know, don't want to score goals, but they're they're afraid to commit over the halfway line because they know that we're you know we're gonna ship goals if if we push too high up. And the weird thing is of all these stats that are going around, our defence is still actually not that bad. But the problem is you only need to concede one if you're gonna not score any. And you lose a game, so you know it doesn't matter if you lose twenty games one nil, or twenty games sixteen nil in the long run because you still lost the games, you know. And yeah, there's goal difference and all that jazz, but ultimately, it doesn't matter if we can't score goals, we ain't going to win games, you know. So we ain't going to score goals if you're going to try and create goals. And when you're doing the same thing over and over and over, it's mm. uh, it's it is it's the definition of madness doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. It isn't going to happen, and it seems yeah. to be that he's either ignorant or stupid, because it's got to be one of those two things. Because the amount of times that he's doing the same thing, the amount of players that aren't performing, and then we saw in the uh, the Man City game the moment that um, Emil Death Row comes on immediately tries a through ball does more creativity in the first five minutes of being in the game than what Ceballos, Xhaka, Elneny, all that lot have done all season. But we know sure as shit, I mean, Balogun looked good when he came on, and we know sure as shit against Man uh, Chelsea in um, t- um, a couple of days' time, those those lot won't be seen. They might not even be on the bench. No. Uh, and, and we should say as well, at this time of year, you know, it, it's, it's it's sad that we have to mourn the passing of Reese Nelson, who's clearly been killed, and it's, it's all been a cover-up because... He's clearly not anywhere near the squad. 
I mean, oh, I don't know. I, 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 I don't. I, I get the. If we look at the Man City game, for example, uh, Mustafi Kalasanach in the squad or in the starting lineup. I kind of get the reasons why some of the old players are dug out to play because you you kind of don't want to throw in kids that you essentially could kill um, to use a vengerism. But at this stage, I just the the Man City game. At no time did I, at no point did I ever come up and think to myself, "We're in this game." Like even okay, we were goal down inside, you know, two minutes, whatever it was. But even at one-one, I never, never once thought, "Yeah, we're we're going to win this game." It was always a case of, "Well, we'll we'll stay in this game for as long as we can, and it's how we'll lose." Now, okay, yeah, how we lost the game. Yeah, unfortunately, we we've signed a you know a very average young goalkeeper, and and the poor fuck has been hung out to dry. And I, I don't know if you know this, but he, he had to shut down all his social media. He deleted it, didn't he? He yeah. went full carpenter. <laughs> purely because he got abuse, and it's like I thought we were past the point of abusing players. Oh, I God, thought we no. learned, you know. Um, you know, he, he's he's not really good enough, unfortunately. He's good with his feet. Well, I want my goalkeeper to be able to catch things, you know? It's just... Yeah, at uh, times it did look like he was taking the piss out of Leno the way he tries and punches the ball out. And, and that does make you wonder, is, is yeah. it, are they being coached that way? He was playing higher up than our defence at times. I mean, there's one point, I th- I'm sure he was in midfield. and it's, <laughs> But that's yeah. but it's it's not the kid's fault, you know? He's he's not he's not a great goalkeeper. Sometimes you bright, sometimes you can bring in a young player and they turn out to be Alex Manninger. Other times, you know, you, you take a gamble on Renison and look what happens. My concern more with that particular issue is he was a backup goalkeeper at Dijon. He wasn't a backup goalkeeper at Barcelona or, you know, at Bayern Munich. He was a backup goalkeeper for a team bottom of Liga. So that that should have spelled some uh, rung some alarm bells. And the fact is, Yaki Kanya. I think his name is the goalkeeping coach, was the guy that recommended him. That's where I would be slightly concerned, is that you've you've relied on a coach who you've signed to, to say that the goalkeeper's good enough. I'm not saying Matt Macy is the way, the truth and the light, but would he have, like, you know, would he have done any worse in that game? I, I'm not sure. And and it's not, it, this isn't all on Renaissance. You know, we, we were, we were poor in so many different aspects of that game. And, and we didn't, you know, I don't think we... I don't think we helped ourselves with some of our defending. Yes, you could say it's not great goalkeeping for the first goal either, but Mustafi's marking or lack thereof is embarrassing. The the, the attacking sort of attacking emphasis again is is sadly missing. Thought Lacazette put himself about and, and scored a good goal. Martinelli was the one shining light, and of course, of course, what what would be the most Arsenal thing ever? Bring him back and he gets injured. Uh, doesn't look like a serious injury. I think I don't know what the latest is, but I imagine he'll miss Chelsea. But it looked more like a kick. And yes, you could say Zach Saffin could have been dismissed for that challenge. And yes, you can say Man City's opening goal is offside. But before VAR, nobody would have would have blinked an eye. So there's so many excuses you can make, but ultimately we're not good enough. We weren't good enough. And I think I don't know who it was who put it in our chat. It was either Drew. Or Josh, I think it was Drew. But ultimately, a Man City reserve team turned up, played essentially with their sunglasses and flip flops on in fifth gear, and beat us comfortably. Like that—that's that's the realism, isn't it? It's not like they had to try. They brought on Aguero just to sort of you know so he could kick off some dust after his injury. They never ever needed to try, and they beat us comfortably. 
So, you know, that's kind of where I am with that one. Yeah, Sean's um, wrapping presents. I had myself muted. Uh, Avon makes a good point here. He says, I think you've all been very unfair to William. It takes a certain genius to be able to play the game at walking pace when literally no one else on there on either side is doing the same. It's it's walking football. Dear old Dave Goonholic, he was uh, big into his walking football. He used to talk to us about it quite often. And uh, I think uh, Art, um, William would work perfectly. He, he, like you were saying, he was hiding. He, do, he doesn't want the ball. And then there's that thing, isn't there, when players aren't very good or they're not involved in the game, they just stand there. And then when they, they put their arms up, when they don't get given the ball, they just go, oh... And then, mm. then they, they don't. there was some point at the game yesterday. Um, I mean, when we were playing against Man City, someone was on the made a run to the right hand side of our bo- uh, their box. They put their arms up for the ball, and then whoever it was was almost directly behind them, kicked it all the way over to the left hand side of the box. And then the player who wanted the ball just stood there and looked at them and was like, It, it reminds what, me of. What are you doing? Um, to use a video game analogy as we do on a regular basis, <laughs> it, it sort of reminds me of assisted passing in video games, you know, like where the, the AI makes the decision of who it's going to pass to. So you're you're running forwards and you've got a guy on the right and you've got a guy centrally and you've got a guy 50 yards to the left and you, you think that you're passing to the right because it's the sensible option and the AI goes... Nah, nah, let's thunder it out to the, to the left-hand side where there's a guy 50 yards away marked by two players. It almost felt like that, you know, where it was just like, who, who was, who's controlling these players' minds? And uh, I, it's, there, is a, a, there is something to be said that confidence is a big thing here. And, and I, do, I do understand those people that are saying, you know, if we can get a couple of results, then over Christmas this can change and a few people have used the analogy of Man United they were 15th when we beat them at Old Trafford and they're now third in the league but you, but at least with them you could look at that and you could sort of say if by nothing else by dumb luck they've got three three strikers in in Rashford in Martial and um, uh, Bruno Fernandes where one of them's going to come good exactly you know and and if those three don't don't score Cavani probably will will get a couple off the bench with us, you you just look at a whole thing and you just think, Phew. and when there's no, there's no, there's nothing in that midfield, and I, and I, um, I don't know what's happened to Danny Ceballos. He worries me because I know people. I know some people don't rate him. I personally think I think people have got very short memories. He was very good at the back end of last season. This season, it's almost like he's. I don't know. He's just gone backwards. El Nene is is what El Nene does. You know, there's you can't you can't bring a player like him into the side and think he's going to turn into Pete Javi because he's not. He's a water carrier and he does a good job. But he, you know, he... he's trying to do too many jobs because when he was first, when he was with us at first, he was playing... Oh, pardon me, that's the coffee. He was playing the central midfield role. And now yeah. when he's got a different pl- person playing next to him every game, he, it's almost like he's gone... Um, Oh, don't worry. I'll do the defensive midfield. I'll do the holding midfield. I'll do the attack. I'll, I'll just do it all while you lot stand there and do nothing. And then it's killing his game because if he could, we saw towards the, the FA Cup run that when his game was was just strictly stay in the middle, pass the ball forward, yeah. and then we had someone from the back give it to the the, the, the midfielder, the defensive midfielder, for, for want of a better word, give it to them, and then um, maybe Sabas would drop back every now and then, break up play. But he's doing all the jobs. 
And then when mm. you get one player doing three players' jobs, and then he's the only one with any kind of consistency with the number of games that he's getting. And so he's probably thinking, oh, for God, right, don't worry. You just do that because El Nenny's completely gone off the – it's a terrible analogy, but he's gone off – or saying he's gone off the ball. We've shown just how good Party was that he mm. made El Nenny look great because Party would go, don't worry. I'll do, there's three jobs we need in midfield, defensive, central, and attacking. Party seems to be able to do the last two and say to El Nenny or any other player that he managed to play with in that handful of games, don't worry. I'll come and do these two jobs. You do that one simple job. So El Nenny looks good because he's only doing one job. And mm. that's what Sobias is trying to do. And Sobias isn't half the player that are, that, um, that party is. And Sobias isn't able to do it. And we're seeing that he's running himself ragged. And when we constantly see Lacazette dropping all the way back to sweep a striker, you've got to look at that and think, why isn't he being told not to? When he's, it's, it's just like the Sanchez days, when Sanchez would run all the way back to the defence to get the ball because no one else was doing anything. Yeah, we've got so many. The only players that want to, that want to get attacking, Nelson, Smith Rowe. I mean, Willock's not really shown much lately. But we've got all these players that are doing their best, that want to do their best and come on, and they're full of enthusiasm. No, but the players that just want to stand there and walk around on the pitch the whole time certainly keep those all day long. Mm. It, it has. It does. It does have that vibe of um, again, like uh, people who play Football Manager or you know games like that, where you you start like you start a new career, and the first thing you want to do when you take over a club is is you just want to get rid of all of your all of the old players, and you just want to bring in all the new ones, you know, or you yeah. you, you get rid of like, and I don't mean this to sound xenophobic because it's, it's genuinely not meant to be, but like you would you'd go to an English club and you'd get rid of all of the foreign players because you just wanted to bring through all of your academy English kids, you know. Or back um, in the day because you could only have three foreigners in the club. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly that. So, I mean, it, it's just, um, it, it, or it should be said actually to balance that. I don't know if you're French or if you're German or if you're Spanish, you know, you just bring all your Spanish players, whatever. But it's, yeah, it does have the same thing when you went to Italy. You could only have uh, three foreigners. Yeah. So you'd have an entire squad of Italians because I used to go and manage Palermo. Yeah, exactly. And it was then it just made it more fun if you brought through somebody from the academy. But it does have the feel of, of something that we need to sort of almost blow up. But, but my worry is that. It's, it's just—it's not just Arteta, and, and I actually—I actually don't know. You know. People sort of say about you know is Edu at five. I don't know whether it's—I don't know really. I, I don't—I don't trust anybody. <laughs> Just—I uh, don't know. I don't know who's making these decisions. I don't, I don't know. I worry that we're a little bit. I worry that that we as a club are. Well, how do I put this? We're, we're living off our reputation as a club far too much. We seem to think we're above certain things, don't we? You know, we're above signing players from lesser Premier League teams. We're above having to qualify for Europe. We're above having to play, you know, come down to a level of a Burnley to beat them. You know, we're, we have this kind of arrogance and, it, and it's it's rife through our fan base. It, it's rife through our, our identity it's just this arrogance that we just think Steph's put it right. It's a cancer. And that's, that is unfortunately the best word I can use. You know, it is, it's a cancerous mentality that we just think we're above doing the, the basics, doing the simple things. And that includes the squad management and bringing in players that are just not right, you know, by any, by any way. And, I, and that's my concern. And I, I don't know if I trust the people above Arteta or even the people above Edu. And and it's all very well blaming the, the crankies. And yeah, there is probably a lot to be said for that, but they, they gave us money. You know, they, they, they asked the manager who he wanted 
And it's all right to say William was on a free, and it's not just all on William, but three-year contract doesn't pay for itself. That's still money that you could have invested in three young players and brought them through to pay their wages for five years. Why Why are we doing it? You know, we signed Thomas Partey, and yet he's an excellent signing. He really is. But he's still 27. You know, he's he's not he's not getting younger. We're not going to be able to sell him on. So, you know, I... I just I worry, and and I was listening to the Arsenal Vision podcast earlier on, and and Elliot was saying about the the January window, and he was saying if it was him, don't give them any money. You you don't allow any players to come in in January. All you do in January is you sell, and I kind of get his point on that one because would you trust this lot to bring in anybody in January? I mean, who I don't even know who'd want to sign for us. Like <laughs> people talking about, oh, Hussein Moir might still be available in January. Do you think he's really going to sign for us? No, he'd <laughs> be fucking mad. I don't know. I don't know. What would you do in January? Um, my, uh, the Gunners podcast are live now. There's a link there. If you can just go and give it a thumbs up, and they're doing a special about Dave Gunaholic favour. So just go and um, go in there, say hello, and you can have both windows open. But. Um, yeah, I forgot they were going live today at the same time that Chris said, let's do one. What would I do in January? Um, I was talking to, he won't mind me saying, Swiss Ramble, who we all know, um, Kieran, is, is the man when it comes to Arsenal, stats and figures and finances and all that lot. And I said to him, have you got any idea why, if we've got to play Ozil and Mustafi and uh, um, um, Socrates, and I think there might be one other, if you've got to play... Oh. Kolasinac? No, he's, I think he's got another two years left. God knows yeah. how that is. And I said, so if you've got to pay all these players this X amount of money, then um, for the next six months, no matter what, you, you can't get rid of one of three. And so the, no one's going to buy them. And so you're paying their wages, whether they play or whether they don't play. Why are the club keeping hold of them? Why don't the club just pay off all of their money and say, go on, out you get, because the, the Bundesliga bastards, as and now they are officially called, all the players that are played in the Bundesliga that are all bastards, that, um, because Arteta doesn't like them. And we all know for certain that if a new manager came in, the first thing he'll do is let um, Ozil play and all the other players that Arteta has now gone, I don't like any of you, none of you are playing. Even I'm not a fan of Ozil, and that modern Ozil, when we first started, he was brilliant. The first thing I'd do is, is start playing Ozil. Even though he's not played a, bit, a game since what um, must have been March this year, back, so back end of last season, yeah, not, um, about nine months he's not played a kick to ball in anger. Mm. Um, so I said to him, "Why don't they just let them all go?" And he said, "The only thing I can think of is they're possibly hoping to sell them in January." I mean, what? None of those players because Mustafi is what he's uh, he's probably on about one hundred and twenty grand a week. He's going, but he's already said he's going back to Germany because that's where his family are from, where he's from. If it, no, no German team are going to give him half of what he's on now, partly because he's not a decent player, partly because he's getting on a bit, and partly because he's going to, and they'd have to pay for him. And if there's, a, one of the there's, a reason, there's a reason he's being linked with Barcelona. Not because what? Barcelona think he's a brilliant footballer, it's because Barcelona are, are doing what we did. They're, they're out there scuttling around the bins because they've got no money. <laughs> so it's like, there's yeah. a reason why. They're bankruptcy, aren't they? I mean, yeah, I mean, it won't come to that, but they have no money. No, so they're just, looking at sell a training ground. Yeah, they're, they're going through eBay looking for defenders and Mustafi's available. So it's like, well, maybe we could go there. You know, because... like when they bought Song and when they bought yeah, um, Bamana and all that yeah. lot. They're yeah. not going to, but they're again saying that. Is it Braithwaite? They only bought him yeah. in because they, uh, a last minute deal, turned out to be a half decent striker, hasn't he? For yeah, I mean, Europe games. If you play for Barcelona, you're probably going to get chances, aren't you? If you're half <laughs> decent, you're probably going to score a couple of goals here or there, and you know, 
but yeah, I, I I'm with you. I, I and I'm with Kieran. I don't I don't get why they're being kept around. And the whole Erzul point, like I'm with you. I I probably would would take a gamble on him in January. But doesn't that also make us look like utter idiots for even saying it? How how backwards thinking is that? We're all we were all sat here, me included, you know, four months ago going, you know, I back Arteta, he's made the right choice. Yeah. You've got to look to the future. And now we're sat here because we're desperate. That's why. We we are absolutely desperate to to see a player come back in who we'd all given up on. And that's how we how desperate we are. And let's just say, let's just say, for argument's sake, we we just say we stuck with Arteta. And he went, you know what? I've made a mistake, which for the record, he's never going to do. But let's just say he said, I've made a mistake. Um, you know, we're going to give Meza another go. And and he, and he, you know, comes out with a load of crap about how he's been training brilliantly and his attitude's changed, And you know, because that's what will happen. It won't be a case of, look, I'm desperate. I'm going to try anything. It'll be Meza's been great. And we're going to give him a go. Let's say he comes in and he assists five out of the first 10 goals, scores a couple, and we win four on the spin in January. All that does is put another plaster over the seeping, pus-filled, yellow, gross, poo-stinking mess of a graze on our leg that we've had. You know, the bone's out. It's that bad an injury. And, And all that does is gives potentially another manager coming in or Arteta himself a problem because then... You've got your most informed player who happens to be Meza Ozil, who suddenly has had this upturn in form, and you now can't leave him out, which means you're having to build a team around a player that six months ago you wanted out of the club. And no, the club help you new contract. Exactly. And then we end up giving him new con- another new contract. There's, there's suggestions that we're going to give Rob Holding a new contract. No problem with Rob Holding at all. You know, he, he he is what he is. He's a decent, quality young defender. But we shouldn't be giving anybody new contracts at the moment. We shouldn't even be entertaining the idea of a new contract. You're 15th in the fucking table. Win some games, get us back into the, you know, the, the top eight even. And then at the end of the season, we'll see where we are. Contracts. At fifty, like, come on! It's just, it's just bizarre. And I know Arsenal will probably turn around and say, "Well, we're protecting our investment." What investment? What have we invested in the squad? You know, as as MJL puts in the chat, Balogun. Why are we rewarding Rob Holding, who we, you know, were about to ship out to Newcastle six months ago, when we've got a player who is barely making the substitutes bench, who probably should be closer to the lineup than he is? Why are we not focusing on him? Why are we not? As I say, I'm not. I'm not saying Reece Nelson, Reece Nelson is the way, the truth, and the light. But why not chuck him on that wing and say go for it? Why not play Emil Smith Rowe, who did, as you said, did more in 15 minutes than, than most people have done in in three months. Um, Abbas Galif says um, on our YouTube says Song is now playing in Djibouti, also uh, also known as French Somaliland, with my Somali people. Crikey! I didn't even know he was still playing. Yeah, he, he was released by his Swiss club. And then oh yeah, that's very well. He's only thirty-three mm. to be playing in a league. I mean, he's playing for a club where their name is. There's two. There's two names to the club, and the second name is their sponsor. That's you know, like these other those Welsh teams, Total Network Solutions. They renamed mm. the club. That's what they've done with the sponsor. There, they're not even a good team. They've not won the title. 
You no. think, oh, maybe he's going there to, to the Barcelona of, of Djibouti. No, it's not. So, I don't know. So, what, what you're saying is we'll probably bring him in in January, then. That's probably <laughs> what, you're, what you're saying. <laughs> Matt D'Souza think... says we just need to release or pay off Kalasnic, Mustafi, Ozil, Socrates. But they don't yep. want to go, do they? This, this well, is why the would problem. they? Plastic is on 180 grand a week. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> he had an offer from Leverkusen. He didn't want to go because he was on less. Like you, to to pay these players off, they would probably turn around and say, well, "That's fine. Pay up my contract. We can't afford to. We can't afford to do that. If we paid up all of their contracts, we probably couldn't sign a player for three years. That's the realism of it, you know. And and and. Keep in mind as well, we sat here on, on Christmas Eve <laughs> in 2020. You know, we might not see fans back in stadiums for another year properly. You know, it's all very well it's all very well saying, oh, we get four thousand here, eight thousand here. Even if we got twenty thousand into the Emirates, we're still only getting half the revenue, you know, quarter the revenue that we would do normally. You know? Normality, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news at everybody, but while people will continue to people and people will never learn. Normality is is easily a year away yet. So, you know, just because we all might be able to go back to going down the pub on a Saturday night in six months doesn't mean that we'll suddenly have normal transfers, normal contracts and, you know, normal opportunities again. We just aren't. It's going to take a long time. So now is the time to be trying these 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 younger players and giving them an opportunity and as i say don't kill them you know you 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 play them at the right times um there's enough of them so they don't all have to play every game mm. right nishan says 400k a week for Urzel, two new, a new two-year deal nishan knows um avon says uh couldn't give a shit about Urzel. Uh, i think he says shit for s um star re you can swear in here, Avon. And I want him as far away from the club as possible. The reason he was dropped is two assists and one goal. And one one goal, one goal created in 17, which is a rate but still below what is happening now. People have forgot. I've gone and done a little thing, which I won't bother sharing because this isn't an Urzel podcast, but about his stats under last season under Wenger is an Emery and then Arteta. The stats are awful. It hasn't just happened under Arteta. It's been a steady decline for the, the entire time. Um, what else have we got here? And he's, he's he's not he. Let, let's not get it twisted. There's no way that he is not. I'm not not just not playing. There's no way that he's not in that squad on football ability or poor training alone. There has got to be more to that. There's just because Arteta was playing him, wasn't he? So how is there suddenly? You know, there's it's got to be about the off the pitch stuff. It's got to be. Well, well, that and his form. Mm. Um, but, he, but even even off form, he was making the bench, wasn't he? Even when he was oh, yeah. crap, and there was that, that that famous picture of him sat in the sun with Lacazette at Southampton last year. You know, he was still, you know, he was still in and around the squad. I don't even see him in the training pitches now. You know, but yet, and that's another problem. But yet, he's still coming into training. You know, you talked about the whole him and Socrates and the, the, the stuff about that. You know. Nah, it's, 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 that's rotten. You can't you can't have players training and mixing when they're when they're out of the squad. He's you know he's tweeting during games. It's embarrassing. Like but you do know, there's more to it because by not registering as a player, he could have easily kept him on the squad list. But yeah. by not registering as a player, that's Arteta making a point. Yeah, Hear that point right so. or wrong, he has made the point that no, you're not. I'm not even going to register you as a player. So that's that's just. If anything, I think it's slightly vindictive. Mm. 
and it and it's and it's you know again as much as i want arteta to succeed it's arrogance it's fucking arrogance like it's and and it's the same same with Gunduzi. and I, I know that some people i know that the fan base is a bit torn you know is he actually any good or does he just run around a bit and uh, does he show passion with a u and an n hmm. uh no he's, he's a very very talented kid you know has he got an attitude problem yes was he you know too cocksure and bring, needed bringing down a peg or two yes what he needed though was and I, you know I, I don't want to sound like you know one of the old people what he needed was a george graham what he needed was a, just to you know just take take a take a pedestal off and in the old days what we would say a clip around the ear danny i'm sure we got plenty in when our school days i don't talk i'm, I'm bored rather chucked at me yeah i mean that probably wouldn't wouldn't get away with that sadly anymore but yeah but that's what he needed he needed taken to one side and you know all this oh he refused to apologize come on man like refuse to apologize it's not it's not the 40s like you young man have been a very naughty boy you will not play for this football team again no like modern day footballers are moddy coddled they've got agents they've got boot deals they've got contracts sponsors they're not they're not just going to come in and go i'm really really sorry please can i play they're going to go speak to my fucking agent deal with it you know you either rape me or you don't and that's just the way it is that's modern football and and you, you can't tell me no matter whether you rate him or you don't you can't tell me that Ganduzi wouldn't get in our midfield right now he would simple yeah. and 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 Urza would if he was towing the party line as as he is suggesting he is so we have a look at the because uh, I've been trying to find my Urzal thing and I couldn't find. Oh, we've got ninety six people watching us. Have you people got nothing better to do with your time? <laughs> you Merry, Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you all. Um, Chris is wearing a, a sparkly jumper. No, a Christmassy jumper. Mm-hmm. Sean is down there on the floor wrapping up presents. Do, do the listeners want to see Sean? Here we go. Here we go. All right, full screen. Be nice to her. There she is. <laughs> <laughs> I still have that's a lot of presents. Are they all for you, Danny? Uh, there's more on the table. Good grief. Oh, that's a, and there's loads under the tree. Just more money than cents, really. Yes, so um, there we are, back. Uh, no one's been holding a black Sean. I'm quite surprised at that and slightly disappointed. Move that off of me. No, uh, no one's been horrible about Sean. Actually, I've not looked. What a shame. Give it, give it time. <laughs> Stefan's put tier four. No, we yes. live we live in the wonderful God Manchester no, and it's tier two. Going into tier not yet, we're not tier four, we're Tomorrow, tier two. No, Boxing Day, we're tier four. Guys. Two more days of tier two. We're um, staying in tier two full stop here. So it's what? Fuck you. We're staying oh, in yeah, tier you know. two full stop. Yeah. It is. Let's have a look at what some of the people are saying. Nishan, who's been a very busy man in Sydney. I'd love to see. I always get the hiccups after I've had coffee. I think it's my body rejecting it. He says, I'd love to see Balogun, uh, Gunner, 10. Gabby, who used to play for Villa, said he would love to play against Rob Holding. That's uh, Gabby Lahore. He was a decent striker. Arjeet says, if Arteta thinks Saliba isn't ready, is he lying or didn't he get by the hype? He wasn't bad in League One. I'm going to say nothing and mute myself while Chris tells you. Um, are we allowed to say what you put in the WhatsApp group about four or five days ago? Um, <laughs> I was thinking about this. I, I, I think I think what I well, I think what I can say is, I mean. yeah, I think what I can say is I have it on fairly good authority that the things the club are saying are not altogether completely true. Well, 
Arsenal full of shit. No. I know. Who would have thought? I know. Who would have thought? You told us weeks, um, about five days ago, didn't you? You said keep it quiet. And then yeah. you and Drew were having a good old chat about it. And you said almost verbatim what has come out in, in the papers about he's been sold a lie and things aren't working out and he's been the whole thing's a mess and there's more to come isn't there but you're yeah. not allowed to divulge that just yet yeah i can't say too much um and and you know <laughs> i can feel the itk burn on, on the back of my neck right. well i mean but it's it's not it's not really about being right i mean i that there's there's elements of things that that football clubs are very clever about what they let come out and what they don't let come out and there is there is definitely more to come out about this this Saliba situation, and I feel I feel for the lad because it's it's not it's like I said on the pod the other day our our defence overall this season hasn't been bad you know Gabriel was an excellent signing, but when you when you sign a player for the for, and it's not just about the value but when you sign a player for of Saliba's talent for the money that that we we paid and let's not forget as well it wasn't like we signed Saliba as a quiet investment you know this wasn't Patrick Vieira from AC Milan's reserves that Arsene Wenger turned into a superstar who captained the club this was a player who Real Madrid in particular were very close to signing as well this is a player who'd been scouted by by Munich by Inter Milan um if you believe or reports even by a certain club down the road from us who play in the toilet bowl this was a player who was attracting a lot of attention from big clubs. And we we blew the trumpets when we signed him. You know, we we made a big deal. There was loads of social media about it. There was loads of videos. His first interview in English. There's a big thing about that. There was loads and loads. <laughs> thank you, guys, ladies and ladies and gents. Um, there was loads of talk. You know, lo- we, we really championed this signing and we were all over how great this lab was. And then all of a sudden, he can't get anywhere near our bench. He was named on the on the bench for the charity shield, and then it was all you know everything all went quiet. Like you said, Danny, I, I can't say too much, and it's not because I don't want to, and it's not because <laughs> let's face it, I haven't got a Twitter audience to build. But um, it, it's there, there was a few people I've spoken to. One person in particular who's very close to the player himself who has done a, an off-the-record interview with the player himself, and he has said, Saliba, that he's far from happy. And and there are certain things that have happened to him that have not come out in the press yet because the club don't want them to come out. Um, and one of those things, which I can, I can sort of say with fairly, fairly good authority, is that he has been essentially scapegoated for trying to push through playing that cup final for St Etienne. And if that's the case, if that really is the case, I find that so petty. And what worries me more is that I find that quite Arteta. Based upon what we've seen around how he's treating other players, it does come across as the sort of thing he would do and say, he's oh, playing Billy Big Balls, isn't he? Yeah, you know, and it... And it it's sort of anger and, and, and put his foot down and go, no. But you, yeah. Wenger, everybody's one of the best managers that's ever... ever Kicked a ball. That's not the right yeah. word, is it? It's never managed the team. And so he's learned under two people like Pep and Arteta that I mean and Wenger that the moment you walk in the club, those mm. play, those players are all go get on their knees for um, for for Pep and for Wenger. And Arteta's mm. gone, Well, I've been brought up like this, I want you lot to do it. And them lot have gone, well, fuck off, mate. What have you ever done? 
You've, exactly. uh, you've won an FA Cup with Arsenal as a player. You've won uh, a league with, uh, with Rangers as a player. You've, you've not even played for your national team, you big minge. And now you're telling World Cup winners to shut up and do as you're told. For yeah. you on that. Sir Alan Bastard MP has given us five dollar redos. Cheers, Sir Alan. He says, I want more English players. Can I say that without offending? You can at ABW, because if we were a German podcast, we want more German players. And Ooh. that is that is okay. Well, I just want to go and mention this. Quite we've got 112 people watching. My like good it. lord. Um, full FTK, isn't it? That's what it is. <laughs> our funder has said, uh, put the Manscape to use on top. Yes, uh, I did actually use the Manscape because, uh, oh, I forgot. Well done. You, you reminded us. Uh, where's the um, thing for Manscape? Oh, there it is. Yeah, if you go to manscaped.com and use the code Burkamp, you'll get 20% off. And they said four people have done it. So good. four people to this show and Chris have no longer got hairy balls or hairy lady gardens or hairy art. I don't know what you're using on. We've asked for pictures of you shaving your testicles, and we're going to forward them to Chris. How many have we sent, Chris? Uh, I've got four so far, um, and they satisfy me pretty much every night. There you go. So, yeah, go, go and do that. Um, and they said, we'll send you some more stuff if you want. We said, no, don't worry. You've sent us enough stuff. And I think that, that confused them because normally people want everything for free. We said, no, you've given us enough. We'll keep doing it. And we'll just carry on doing it because we're kind. So we're going to leave that across the bottom of the screen while we go through some of this. Uh, so there you go. Um, uh, there's less than a... One other thing on Saliba. Just oh, go before on, we, before well, we go Matthew on that. says there's only less than 100 listening. Tell us everything. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Uh, the, the, the other thing about Saliba as well is that he's he's desperate to play first-team football and he he's essentially said or told the club that he wants he wants out if he's not going to be played. And that doesn't necessarily mean that he wants out full stop and he's, he's unhappy in London or anything like that. So all of this stuff that you hear about, oh, he's not settled and he, you know, he doesn't like London, that, that side of things is rubbish. His, his, um, he obviously lost one of his parents and that did hit him hard. Oh, isn't it? Or is it? By, I, I, yeah. I, 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 I heard so many different yeah, yeah, well, I mean, others have said it was both his parents. And any, any loss in the family for a kid that age when you just moved countries it has a huge impact, but... The, the club rallied around him and, and did everything right. And, and he's he's a very popular young lad in the squad. The only other sort of side to it that I would say, and, and this is perfectly fair, is there have been reports about, you know, in him in youth games and there was that particular behind closed doors game against Villa where, he, you know, he was all over the place. Newsflash, people, that's what happens with young players. You know, that that that's... You remember when the likes of Man United blooded all those kids? You know, they're going to make mistakes, and and the the biggest issue I have with Arteta saying he's not ready for Premier League football and, and all it's not that he's not ready, it's that he's not ready to play in the style of play that we have. Look, Rudy just yeah. put that your exact point. Yeah, he he's not. If you he's a ball playing progressive centre half. If you look at the the type of play, the best sort of sort of player I can compare him to like in the, the sort of the modern era in terms of who's playing right now. If you look at someone like Presnel Kimpembe at, at PSG, he's error prone, but he's, he's a warrior. He's a, he's a leader. He's a player that will go to go to battle for you. And he's a player that will get on the ball and he'll make things happen and he'll bring the ball forward out of defense. And if you saw his tackle the other night, he'll rip a hamstring and still make it last ditch tackle for you. He's that type of player. He's, but he's also very, you know, very cocksure, very out there, and, and he takes chances and he takes risks and he makes bad decisions. And even playing for France, positional awareness is not his strong point. But what he gives you in exchange for that 
is the ability to to go and win the ball high up the pitch. The reason I have to bring this up, the reason Gabriel got sent off against Southampton is because Arteta is asking him to do the job that Saliba should be doing. He's asking him to progress the ball forward, bring the ball forward, press really high up. It's not Gabriel's game. Gabriel's built like a brick shithouse. He's the guy who you leave deep. He's the guy who you you rely on to make the strong challenges, to to lead the defense, to to sit and make those you know make those big challenges. And he's the guy who wins the ball, who then gives it to a player like Saliba, who progresses the ball into midfield. And then, of course, yeah, we all know we don't have a midfield, so that isn't going to work. But he's the player that if Thomas Partey is in the squad, he's the player that potentially you could groom to bring the ball out of defence to feed Thomas Partey, who then feeds the number 10 that we don't actually have, who then feeds, feeds the strikers that we don't have. So that, you know, if, if it comes back to the whole Pepe thing. If you sign a player with here, you know, if you sign a player that you've scouted to do one thing, and then you and then you bring him in and don't do that thing with him, and you bring him in and you say, right... What are your qualities? Uh, passing, bringing the ball out of defence, aggressive interceptions, progressing the ball through the midfield from defence. Right. OK, well, what we're going to do is play like Steve Bold in the 90s. It's not going to work. Like, and you wonder why. So, if you know, if, if they're saying he's not ready for Premier League football, the reason he's not ready for Premier League football is because he's not being coached correctly. Rant over. Um, again, people, there's 118 of you there. If you can go to that link and uh, uh, Mike from the Gunas podcast has got Amanda from the Highbury squad on and some of Dave um, Gunaholic Faber's family on there. And they're doing a live show now. They're doing a tribute to him. Just go in there, give him a thumbs up, say hello. And like I have, I've got both windows open. I'm listening to Chris and then watching them and they're all talking. And uh, yeah, it's, um, it's a really nice thing for them to do. <clears throat> Moving on to some of your things, Matthew makes a, a, a note here on the YouTube chat. It says, if the likes of Theo Walcott and Aaron Ramsey were coming through again, would they choose Arsenal as a place for young and upcoming players to have their talent neutered or, no. or neutered? <laughs> no, that, yeah, no, they, they, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. And that worries no. me. Do you remember? Because yeah. um, we can't afford to buy them done. And now the young yeah. ones that you're going to make better, they're not going to come anyway. But it's, it's, it's not just young players. Do you remember when we went after a guy who plays at Leicester? What's his name? Oh, yeah, Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy turned us down because Leicester have got a bigger future than Arsenal. Think about that just for a second. I'm not saying Jamie Vardy is the next Maradona. But you know what he'd he thrive at the moment, though, wouldn't he? Do you, do you know what he does? He scores goals and he's a little shit and he upsets yeah. defenders and he's a constant threat. Oh, and he, he scored against Spurs the other day, which was lovely. You know, he's he he is. I said it at the time, and I, I I'll admit I was like mm, Jamie Vardy. Really, I'm not sure how I feel about that. He 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 would have been the the Ian Wright that we signed in you know those years ago. That that sort of slightly older player because of what was he, what was Wrighty when we signed him? 23, 24? He, he was an older. He wasn't like a youth prospect, was he? Right at Palace, he was found very late, discovered very late. Vardy would have been that sort of shit house to build a squad around in terms of goals, you know, and you'd have just said to him, just go and play up front. You could have left Aubameyang on the left-hand side and Vardy would have been, you know, all these chances that we, we don't create. He would have said, no, nah, no worries, guys, just put the ball over the top. I'll run onto it. You know, <laughs> imagine, but like, we just don't have that. So if we're getting turned down by, you know, by, uh, by a Jamie Vardy, then, then, you know, there's no point in us looking at the future talent because they're not going to look at Arsenal and go, yeah, you know, but Kieran Tierney must be sitting there now thinking, what the? Bukayo Saka signed a new contract. What must he be thinking? Jesus. And don't get it wrong, I'm sure they're committed. But can you imagine? 
Yeah, You'd be questioning few, it, wouldn't you? One of the few shining lights we've got. Um, Arsenal, 1886 to 2006. I'm glad to see it stopped at 2006 because that's when uh, my Arsenal died. Um, is Arteta protecting Saliba from fan abuse? Become with the, on the back of the gun of the runner Runnerson. Is is that got legs? I mean, mm, I'm going to say no because because Runnerson was always a signing that no one was ever excited about. You know, no nobody cared, did they? Whereas Saliba, that you know, there's enough um, there's enough high profile journalists in France, and there's enough documented footage, and there's enough games at St Etienne where you could see what we're what we're signing. And and if you if you said to if you said to if you if you polled a hundred Arsenal fans and you said, right, Arsenal fans, um, we're going to sign a player from France. What do you want him to be like? Everybody would say big, strong, athletic confident good on the ball uh and exciting all of those things are, are what Saliba is as a defender so and he, and young of course so I, I i i think he i think he would be given he'd certainly be given time now if he came in now and he made his debut against chelsea which i know can't happen and we lost 7-0 and six of the goals were his fault yes you'd get the i fucking told you so you'd get all those but you'd get plenty of people going well no actually I, I, i'll give him time just like if we throw in Smith Rowe or, you know, in Ketier or whoever, people will give those younger players time because they know they need time to adapt. What they won't accept is playing Kalasanach or, you know, Mustafi, who who let you down time and time and time again, who are senior pros. They won't accept those. So I, I think I think Saliba would have been given time. And, what, and you know, we're, we're trying to protect a kid. Like, maybe he doesn't want to be protected, you know? Maybe he just wants to play football. You know, the reason we actually signed him? Hmm. Just It's just mental. And and I had this conversation with Tom, um, Tom from, from the Gooners pod, the, uh, um, from the, oh God, what's Tom's podcast called? God, this is terrible. Gooners talk. Thank you. Um, we, were having, talks. we were having this discussion earlier on today um, when I was on my dog walk. And um, and I said to Tom, the, the comparison with Wesley Fofana at, at Leicester is a little bit it's a little bit reaching because they're very different players but he was he was partnering for Fana at St Etienne and as soon as as soon as um uh Suyuncu got injured at Leicester everyone went well that's their season over with what did they do they went out and bought for Fana or they had already bought for Fana they, they chucked him in at the deep end he's made a couple of mistakes yeah but he's been really good because they put faith in him and and they've let him thrive they've let him adapt and and a lot of that is because Leicester are on an upward curve. So, yeah, there is the argument. If you threw Saliba in, we could ruin him. But I, I don't think we could. Gabriel wasn't Premier League ready, and he went straight into our team, and he's been player of the month every month. You know, so, you yeah. just got, you've just got to take a chance, you know? Debbie Elder, I read all of your comments in the our YouTube chat, Debbie. You're a very, very angry woman, and quite rightly so. Um, when will we win again, Chris? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, Debbie. I'm going to bring up I, a little little window of our current form just so uh i think one. he's got three games to save his job if i'm honest i think Look he's got that. west brom west brom brighton and newcastle in the league at home i think they're the three games i think we'll i think we'll lose to chelsea and i don't think anyone will really care because we all expect it yeah. and then i think he's got three games because we can't you, you, yeah look at that red that's one win from uh, four, five, six, seven. One win in ten league games. Have you ever 
known it to be even close to being that bad. Well, I said it on the last pod, 94, 95, uh, 90, uh, 93, uh, yeah, no, 93, 95. yeah, 94, 95. Yeah, the, the second cup winners' cup run. Mm. The, 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 well, last, that the reason for that, because we were playing two league cup winners' cup games all the way through with a squad that Wenger, that, Wenger, that George Graham had changed from being a, a flare squad to being a cup squad mm. and grinding out results the whole time. It's, uh, it, was, it was horrible to watch. But I want to I want to do something impromptu, Danny. Um, so then. forgive me for mouse clicking. I want to bring up the squad from the 94-95 season. Yeah. And I just want to, I just want to compare it. And I know, I know you can't compare, um, you know, modern day football and, and 30 years ago. I, I appreciate it's completely different football, right? But if you compare, just compare the personalities. I'm just going to read you a list here. Okay. Seaman Dixon, Winterburn, Davies, Andy Linnigan, Tony Adams, Campbell, Kevin Campbell, Wright, Alan Smith, Paul Merson, Eddie McGoldrick, Steve Bold, Vince Bartram, Christ, Vince Bartram, Martin Keown, Stefan Schwartz, John Hartson, John Jensen, David Hillier, Jimmy Carter, Steve Morrow, Ian Sally, Ray Parler, Paul Dickoff, Mark Flats, Lee Harper, reserve goalkeeper for those who don't know, Scott Marshall, Paul Shaw, Stephen Hughes, now tactical analyst, uh, Adrian Clark, certainly now tactical analyst as well, um, Chris Kiwomia, Glenn Helder, God bless him, and Gavin McGowan, Gavin McGowan, crikey. That was the squad, right, in, in 94-95. Now, of course, yeah, majority of that was uk based because that was the way football was going then of that squad you know look at that squad the one thing you would say about that squad is that that's the sort of squad that would go to everton and grind out a one nil win wouldn't it there's not much flair there is there no players are flair stefan schwartz probably not look he's 49 games four goals that's terrible um maybe a little bit of flair on his day merson yeah. But that was near the end of Merson's time. And then John Jensen, which would fit yeah. perfectly into the current Arsenal team. Well, well John John Jensen, there's a there's a you know, John Jensen is El Nene, isn't he? Yeah. Right now. If you if yeah. you compare them like for like, John Jensen is El Nene. Gabriel is probably Martin Keown. Uh I mean David Seaman and Leno don't even get me just don't even get me on that train again. Um, all we need is a, a Kevin Campbell or an Alan Smith, someone who is gonna thrive on crosses. We don't yeah. or even look three there. Campbell, Smith, Hartson, all three of those. And then you've got the people like Linnigan, Adams uh, and Keown that will come up for the corners. You, you could put John Hartson, Kevin Campbell and Alan Smith in that team today and they probably have got a couple of goals from the crosses we've put in in the last three weeks. Like yeah. genuinely, even, even at the age they're at now. Yeah. <laughs> even the age they're at now, like I bet you any of them would say, yeah, I'd get on the end of those crosses. You know, and, and that's... And, and, and the reason I wanted to compare that squad is because... You, you genuinely could look at that squad and compare players that we've got now and say, would they be any worse at that era? You know, uh, they just couldn't. And, and the, the Elnene Janssen comparison is fascinating because that, that is what they are. You, you could argue that Ceballos is, or could you even argue that Ceballos is, is Ray Parler level? I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, probably no, no, sure. It's actually, a good comparison there. Yeah, it is. Doesn't yeah. score many goals, runs around a lot. Hmm. I mean, it's just... Uh, no, it wouldn't happen with this team because you've got Tony Adams, Steve Bold that, that would go mental at them if they're not... Ray Parler, actually there, mm. Bold, Adams, Parler. You wouldn't get away with anything with those three in the side. I know it's looking back at old old teams and stuff, but the resemblance is, is there that this was the worst season I could remember, that 94, 95, but for good reason. Yeah. You know, the flair we had in that squad was Glenn Helder. I mean, yeah. you know, I was speaking to him two days ago really? on Twitter. 
Yeah, that's defending him. Clang. Oh, there's an angel. Oh, look, you're getting some grief. Carl is there. What the fuck uh -huh. is Chris wearing? God. Hey, Carl, don't you knock my Sonic jumper, Carl. Don't you knock it. Nothing wrong with this. This is peak, mate, peak. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Just called Ian Selly a toe rag. He was, wasn't he? Uh, wasn't he actually Wimbledon, Ian Selly? I think he was. But yeah, I mean, oh, it's just I just look at that squad. And as I said, I know it's an unfair comparison because, you know, because it, it, it's a different era of football. But there's so many players that you could pick out of that team. You know, Scott Marshall is Rob Holding. Chris Kiwomia is Eddie Nketiah. Adrian Clark is probably... Bukayo Saka's a sorry Adrian I love you but you weren't quite as you know as naturally talented as Bukayo Saka but that era you know oh, yeah, Stephen Hughes is probably news. Stephen Hughes is probably Emil Smith Rowe you know in terms of like age profile coming up yeah, David look, Hillier uh, I don't know who David Hillier is but that fly pigeon the skill and there's two quid stick down your pants should we shoot more <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely Mr. Pigeon or Mrs Pigeon or just Pigeon I don't know this day, you could be uh, you could be a potato pigeon for all we know. Carl's probably hit the nail on the head there. They're all shit. Stop sitting on the fence. Yeah, he's probably right. Uh, <laughs> but well, yeah, they're, but, not there, uh, they're not shit. But could you could you put an argument forward and say that was ninety four ninety five? We're now sat in twenty twenty. How far yeah. have we come since then? If if you ex, I mean, I know you can't exclude the Bengal. Well, this I team there had a team unity, and they had a manager that you did as you were fucking told, or you were out mm. of the club as Limpar and Rowcastle and uh, quite a few others found out. And Merson, another one that he got rid of. And I don't know, Ray Parler was Wenger. Actually, mm. Merson might have been early stages of Wenger as well. Yeah, but here you've, you've got the British core. And yeah. it may sound a bit mean to say, but when you had a, a British core, they were all together. They've all grown up the same area. They've all done the same kind of things. They all know what to expect from it all. It, there's hardly anybody here who's going to just stand on the pitch and walk around doing nothing. But there are um, there are there are managers out there that that play a style. I mean, there's one not far from us in North London that plays a style that doesn't involve flair under any circumstances. Oh God, they're horrendous. And 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 that and that's the trade-off. Do you do you want to get a manager? We we, we alluded to it earlier on in the podcast. Part you know my master plan and not my master plan. But the thing I mentioned on the last podcast, it, it, all the wheels are starting to to grind. You know, all the pieces are starting to fall into place. PSG have sacked Thomas Tuchel. Would you be at all surprised if he rocked up in January? Because I wouldn't. And Thomas Tuchel is not a bad manager, but he's also not a great manager. And he's also basically going to be Unai Emery Mark II, which right now is probably quite nice. But, I mean... What, what do you do? Do you sacrifice the style of play and go back to, you know, your, your George Graham type of, you know, your Mourinho in the modern era comparison type of manager who just... Rafa Benitez is probably a good, a good analogy to use because he's potentially available. Do you go back to that sort of manager who's just going to get things organised and, and make you hard to beat, which Arteta did in the first place, but he's going to sacrifice that for style but at least there'll be some sort of strategy or do you take another gamble and you know go for a manager who's exciting and progressive and all of that because we because we can't we can't make we can't make this mistake again we can't go back again we, can, we can't be sat here next summer again going oh god okay well we're starting again guys because we did that last year. We can't we can't keep on doing it. Like Steph says, new manager bounce. Well, 
I don't know. I don't know if we're are we beyond the new manager bounce now. Hmm. It's uh, an interesting. Oh one. look, someone's said, "Hi, Baldy. I want to crack a, an egg on your head." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're probably oh. not allowed to be. Fair. Oh, Ronaldo, Cristiano, you are more than welcome to if you want. Yes, uh, it'd be my pleasure to uh, join in with you. I have a lot of people mentioning uh, Tommy Tickles. We'll come to that in a little bit. But um, oh, here we go. You ready, Carl? Chris, look who's mm-hmm. here! Look who's here! Oh God! <laughs> we got <laughs> Carl. Was what the fuck is haven't, he wearing? Haven't you got? Haven't you got trains to be playing with on this Christmas oh, Eve? Oh, early, like it's. it's uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look at you oh, rocking the merch. Look, is that the Christmas line you've got on? Uh, if anyone is interested in the LU merch, hit me up at London Brown Twitter. I've, I've got you. It's um. Yeah, it's the one. <laughs> oh, God. oh God, you you just you you wanted to do a run in, didn't you, mate? You 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 wanted to come on and and make everybody's Christmases that little bit little bit happier. Well, everyone that will be at home. I mean, obviously, I hope everyone's uh, staying safe and within their certain tiers. But I will be at work tomorrow. Um, yeah, so you know, we all have our crosses to bear. I guess you're working tomorrow. I am indeed. I oh, definitely yeah. am indeed. London London too much. You give too I mean, much to the public, Carl. You are too too kind. You're telling me, Danny, like, the things I do. I mean, not only did I get five feet on work, on time to work, sort of once Twice this year. Yeah, right, that's more than anyone could ask for, right? <laughs> like, what else could you ask for? But yeah, it, it's. Uh, thank you, Stefan. Um, thing. But yeah, sorry. This. Um, I don't know where he was in football, but uh, it's all shit, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. There you go. Quote the season. It's all shit, isn't it? Thanks for tuning in, everyone. <laughs> yeah, right. So we, we, spent, we spent an hour trying to figure out what it was, and you've done it in 10 seconds. Do you know what uh, the issue is? And Chris was just talking about the new manager bounce. Um, and I'll just come in on that if I can, Chris. I think it's yeah. over with, and I think the problem is, and I just said it in the chat, I don't know if any manager can get the best out of these players. And I just heard you describing, sort of comparing the players. And they're not, I say they're shit players, but they're not all shit players. You don't become a professional footballer if you're shit. So I think it's, it's an over-exaggerated word. But are they good enough for what Arsenal needs? I mean, you could argue they're not. Um, as much as I... <laughs> unfortunately, as with any sort of organisation, it falls on top of the manager. If your members of staff aren't doing well, you don't look to the members of staff, you look to the manager because they're the ones that are being led by the manager. It happens in London Underground, it happens in football, Harrods, wherever you work. And unfortunately, if you don't have good members of staff, there's only certain there's only certain was put into business terms kpis you can get out of them and unfortunately uh arsenal's kpis are winning games and they're not winning games at the moment they're not scoring goals they're not defending properly so unfortunately it is falling on top of the manager do i think that Mikel Arteta can get better results with better players of course he can like it's, it's inevitable but at the end of the day we're stuck with these players and I think confidence is a lot and I think the confidence of these players I mean you saw it on Tuesday as soon as we let in the first goal that was it everybody's yeah. head sunk everybody's head just went down shoulders shrugged and it's just like wow is confidence that low I mean normally 
you know, teams go 1-0 down, you think, all right, it's only 1-0, we're at home, let's see what we can do. But that was it. It was just like, almost, you just, you could see it on the, on the TV that everyone just sort of, just curled up in a ball, was that really scared of thinking, oh no, like how many are they, are we going to concede? And like, you just, it, it's really bad at the moment. Yeah. Spawn, yeah, excluding Martinelli, I think. But and and as and as much as I and I, I love Martinelli and I love his attitude, he's um his motivation right now is he desperately wants to play football. It's only a matter of time before he gets cursed with this sort of you know um, toxic atmosphere as well. And I love him to be. I'm not I'm not for a second questioning his commitment at all. But I'm just saying his like bounce at the moment is he's fresh, he's hungry, he wants to play football again. You know, it's only a matter of time before he he starts getting bogged down in all this like trash as well. So it's yeah, it, you're, you're spot on, Carl. You're spot on. Yeah, it's a sad. It's it's sad at the moment because um, I don't know if you've spoken about this, and I'm sorry if you have, but it, you look at the you look at the next fixtures, and you genuinely cannot see where the next win's coming from. And it's scary. I mean, normally you could, you know, this time of the year, we'd be looking for the next, over the Christmas period and thinking, oh, I wonder how many points we're going to get out of the Christmas period. But you're looking at it and you're thinking, wow, I I really cannot see us winning. I mean, I have no doubt that we are going to win a game between now and the end of the year. That's inevitable. But like, it's it's at the moment you're looking at, you're thinking, okay, you've got Chelsea Boxing Day. Um... Chelsea are very hit and miss, but on paper or on form, Chelsea should beat us. But you know, London derbies, you just never know. Um, and it's it's scary to think, okay, where where are we going to start picking up points? Because I don't know if you feel the same, Chris and or Danny, but do you think that we are genuinely in a relegation fight right now, or do you think we are far too big to for that to happen? Well, I, I said I don't know if you heard. Um, we should say actually, by the way, we've got a real life journalist in 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 the chat right now. So everybody, behave! All right, come on, behave! You're being watched. Hello, Mr. Collins. Say happy Christmas to Mr. Collins and and Miss Quiff. Because uh, been poorly, but she's on on the mend now. So uh, yeah, and Simon I, taught us everything we know. And I think I speak for everyone. When I say thank God that Simon was able to shave off that moustache because he did look a little bit like <laughs> one of those people that is wanted for certain crimes. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know if you heard what I said, Carl, before you came on, but I said that I think he's got three three games to save his job, uh, which is West Brom, Brighton, and Newcastle in the next was it three weeks. That's that's where I stand. I think he has. I don't think he can afford to drop any points in those three games. I think he has to win all three of those games. Because if not, I think we. I, I think we are. We, we're. I don't think we're going down, but can we? Yeah. You know, I mean, Drew. Drew was talking about this, wasn't he, in the chat the other night? I don't know if you wanted to mention that, but yeah, I th- I think we no no t- no club is too big to go down. As West Ham and Leeds, there's, there's a big difference between can go down and will go down. We won. Yeah. Every team can go down. It's like it's the same as um, can Spurs win the league? Well, they can. Will they? No, of course they fucking won't. We <laughs> won't go down. I mean, Sheffield United are gone. They don't have the players. They don't have the money. They don't have anything to stop them going down. We have got more money than sense to throw at players in January if we need to. We, there's almost no player that we can't go out and persuade to come here because we're Arsenal, but more likely because we're going to give them 350 grand a week or whatever <laughs> it is. And then if, if we do get a new manager in, we will get the players will play better, but we don't want to become that club, do we, Carl? We're constantly 
changing managers because Chelsea do it. They do the double. <laughs> they win the league and then they get rid of the manager. Oh, play, our managers nearly get us relegated and then we get rid of them. It's, it's mad. But Danny, can I ask you a question? Do yeah. you think that we won't go down because there are three worse teams than us? Or do you think wow. that we... Well... But there has to be three, doesn't there, for us not yeah, to go at the down? Moment, there's, only, there's only one. Do you think that it's that's the only reason why we won't go down because there are potentially three worse teams than us? I mean, talk about new manager bounce. Um, Dickhead's just gone to West Brom, hasn't he? And let's face it, he knows how to get out of a relegation battle. He he does know that. And I heard, you know, he's trying to throw a little shade at Arsenal um, in his last interview saying, oh yeah, Arsenal are one of our relegation rivals. So he's trying to, you know, just play a bit of mind games with Arsenal already like, um, because he sees it coming. But Sam Allardyce, as much as I hate him, he, he knows how to keep a team up. He definitely does. So, you know, there's, they're going to have a new manager bounce as well, aren't they? Let's be honest. So, West Brom are definitely going to win uh, a few games. And I think Chris is kind of correct. We have to, of those three games, Newcastle, West Brom and Brighton, we have to win all three, no matter what. A draw isn't good enough, is it? A draw, like, a draw in any of those games is not good enough. But we've got the money and we've got the prestige to do whatever you want. Um, people have been mentioning it all through the show. And here's Simon mentioning it, Chris. News about Tommy Tickles has been given the, the elbow at PSG. Um, yeah. Simon says, sorry if we already discussed. We haven't we've been waiting for you, Simon. Would the panel want Tuchel? Uh, I like him just because I can say Tommy Tickles four or five times a podcast because I, I do like that. Uh, um, me and Chris are Dortmund. Are you still a Dortmund fan, Chris, or have you changed? No, no, no. I, still, I, I mean, Paderborn is my number one German team, but Dortmund is a little soft spot, yeah. Yeah, you can't say either your Bundesliga team because they change divisions every single season one way or another. <laughs> they go one, two, three, three, two, one, one, two, three. And they're currently, I think, in the top five or six in Bundesliga two. Yeah, they're doing all right. Yeah, they're on, on yeah. the way back, hopefully all being well, yeah. yeah. Um, so the question is... Uh, Tell us if about Tommy Tickles. Would it did it why didn't it work at Dortmund? Why hasn't it worked at PSG? And do we want to go? And you can join in with that as well, Carl. Do we want to go and get another PSG reject? Because it didn't work the last time. And is it has he got the has he got the stone to turn this lot around? I mean, there's a difference in in uh in terms of in I am Reef. The first thing to say is he he does he speaks good English. So I mean, you know, I don't want to be Crawl on on Unai, but that's always the stick that that was used to beating with him. The thing that I worry about with Thomas Tuchel is he did a brilliant job at, at Mainz between 20, 2009 and 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 that's what kind of got him the job at at, at Borussia Dortmund. And he came in his, his win percentage at uh, at Mainz was thirty nine point five six percent. For those of you who like their stats, I'm not really one, but that that's facts. Okay, his win percentage at Borussia Dortmund was 62.96%. Okay, so make of that what you will. That essentially suggests that he's a progressive manager who who moves forward, okay? The the problem I have or the worry that I have with a, a manager like Tuchel is that when you when you join PSG, you're expected to win things and he did that. So there's not really you, you can't really look at that and go well he had success at PSG because every PSG manager pretty much does. The big legacy that will, I think, will haunt him at, at PSG is he doesn't manage egos well. And, and I'm not sure Drew would be a better one to speak of it in terms of his Dortmund time. But he, he doesn't strike me as a strong manager, as a strong character. He's constantly undermined by Neymar. He, he's, there's, 
there's a video um, doing the rounds at the moment of Mbappe essentially mocking him after that. They beat Strasbourg 4-0 last night, which is a bit of a weird time for him to go of, of all times. It's obviously the Christmas break. They decided to do it. He fell out with Leonardo, who's the sporting director at PSG. Well, what's the one thing that we have at Arsenal in terms of the backroom people, um, people that are quite easy to fall out with? So that's my worry. I, I'm not I'm not sure. And, and, if, and if you look at... If you look at his signings at PSG, they've hardly been inspirational. But at the same time, I don't know how much of that was because PSG have, have had to pull the reins in a bit in terms of their financial fair play and, and whatnot. Um, and as Bavia puts in the chat, I think Tuchel did manage Aubameyang for a period of time. I, ju I just see it as a bit of a sideways step. But the one thing that he does have over Arteta, of course, is experience. And he doesn't strike me as a manager who'll be out of work for too long. He doesn't strike me as like a Pep Guardiola who'll disappear for two or three years and have a bit of a sabbatical. I think he'll be back in work fairly quickly. And the Arsenal profile fits. And and we looked at him at Dortmund. So there is, there's, there's, there's history there. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'd be really on the fence is the honest answer to that. I couldn't say much more, but my, as I say, my, my issue with him is how does he manage egos? Um, and and he, he he hasn't got a great reputation, certainly in, in Paris. Like I say, you'd have to ask Drew about Dortmund, but in Paris, I don't think he managed the egos particularly well. And eventually he was undermined um, by a lot of the, the big, the, the, the people that run the dressing room at PSG are Marquinhos, are, are Neymar, are Mbappe, are Kimpembe, are, you know, it's basically like a core. Thiago Silva, when he was there, had a big say. And what's the one problem that Arsenal have at the moment? egos in the dressing room you can see my concerns with that that's that's my worry what do you reckon Carl um I hear what you're saying about the sideboard step I think going from a club where you could literally I know you said they sort of reined in a little bit but going from a club where you literally could buy anyone that you wanted to a club where we are penny pinching and you know trying to find the right player at the right price I think would be hard for any manager. I think I know I know people you know call Pep a, a checkbook manager because he's always spent money at any club he's kind of been at. But I'm, I'm not saying that um, Tom um, is not the same. But you know the fact that he could be at uh, PSG and say, "Oh, I want X player," and they, they would look at him and be like, oh, "Okay, as long as Leonardo agreed, they would go and get them." If he comes to Arsenal and said, "I want X player," the first one would be like, "Is mm, I don't know, they're a bit too much." Um, let's see what. Uh, our super agent friend can get us and then go from there. And I think that's the, and I think that's, that's the issue. And um, I, I, the thing is, I don't know if Arteta does go, I don't know personally who else we get. You know, you, you, you're looking at, you know, Allegri is not going to come to Arsenal. It, it's not going to happen. Um, he might end up at PSG, by the way. It's him or Pochettino at PSG. I, so I, I, I don't know. I thought Poch. I mean, I don't know if uh, Simon's still here. I don't know if Simon's got any info, but I thought Poch was almost. No, I, I, agree. I agree. The French press, the French press are going hard on Allegri, but I agree. Poch is because he's a former PSG player as well. So yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I thought he's kind of nailed on. And my worry is that if we do get rid of Arteta, who who do we get? Who who um, is there out there that? You know, we just said it. Arsenal are in a relegation fight. They are 100%. I mean, think about this. If 
Arteta does lose his job, that means he must have lost two out of the next three games. So then, therefore, we are 100% in a relegation fight. Burnley are one point behind us with a game in hand. Yeah. So that just shows you the, the, the dire um, situation that we're in. Um, are any of these high-profile managers that we're talking about, have they ever been in a relegation battle? Have they ever been, you know, with their backs to the wall, you know, we need to grind out results? Or have they been mid to high table, you know, get this, um, <clears throat> see if we can push him for a European place. I think it's, um, it, it's at the moment, it's, it's perilous because I don't know who we, who, who we give it. Do you give it to Boldy to the end of the season? I very much doubt it, but. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you who worries me, Carl. You talk about who's got relegation experience and is available right now. And who's a, who's a young, sort of you know amiable manager who you could mould and who uh, who uh, Edu would have full control over Eddie Howe. I knew he was going to say that. I knew you was going to say that. And that worries me. Really, really worries me. And, and don't get me wrong. I th- I actually think Eddie Howe is 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 a is quite a progressive and a nice bloke and perfect for Bournemouth. Um, at Arsenal, is, nah. Isn't he the same as a bit like? Tinchu can't manage egos because didn't Defoe exactly. go there and he couldn't manage Defoe because um, I'm not saying that Defoe should start week in week out but he went there and Big couldn't yeah couldn't handle him and that's yeah. why they kind of he was there for what a season or half a season yeah. then he chipped off to um, Rangers so yeah. I think that's a that's a, an issue as well you do need a big personality you know someone not to dominate and scare people or players but you need someone who commands respect yeah and i think you know as much as i i hate him you know that the manager from up the road he's an idiot but he commands yeah. respect wherever he goes like you know what i mean people respect him you're looking at the likes of um sam Allardyce. when he goes to um and I'm, don't get it wrong, I'm not saying I want Sam Allardyce, by the way. I'm, I'm literally saying that when he walked into that dressing room at West Brom, I guarantee those players took notice of what he said. That, yeah. you, know, do you know what I mean? And I think that's what we need. We need someone who can walk into that dressing room, look at, um, you know, Aubameyang in the face and say, you are not playing very well right now. You can you're get offended if you want. Yeah, you're not the captain. I'm not thinking to make a statement to take away from him, but to say, you need... Maybe this captaincy has got a weight on you that you just can't lift mm. you know they, they need somebody who will actually tell them what it is and I'm not saying Arteta's not doing that but as you said this dressing room has got issues and I think that we really really need someone strong to walk into that dressing room tell the players that is in a respectful way I mean if players want to get upset then so be it like we are yeah. where we are but I think that if we are going to get rid of Arteta we need to do it before the chance of window closes. Because as you know, it will be like the day before the chance of window closes and that's when they get rid of Arteta <laughs> and the new manager will have no sound in any new signings. And it's just so typical Arsenal, isn't it, that, that that will happen. And they and they have to stick with it as well. I mean, as we say, as we record this, Arteta's still the manager and, and I've got no reason to think that that's going to change right now. But they, they have to stick with it. Arteta came in and said, you know, there's these non-negotiables. I'm going to lead from the front. You know, I'm going to speak up on behalf of the players. I'm going to take full responsibility for my results. What has he done in the last three weeks? Thrown stats into press conferences, thrown players under the bus and gone back on all these on, on, on all these things he promised. 
you, you can't do that. And, and th this is where his, again, it's not him as a bloke, but this is where his inexperience as a manager comes in. You can't come in and throw all those 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 uh, sound bites around and then go back on them in six months. So like you said, you've got to get, you've got to have a manager who's who's going to be strong enough to come in and manage that that dressing room. And I think you've also got to manage. You've also got to have a manager. And this is why Mourinho would never have worked at Arsenal full stop. I mean, putting aside all of the obvious reasons, he will always come into a club and say, right, I want this player, that player, that player. He did it at Spurs. You know, he wanted Hoiberg. He wanted um, uh, I don't I don't actually think he wanted Bale. Who's the other one that they brought in? Um, ready on. Um... Yeah, regular. Oh. So, yeah, he said, I want a left back. You know, I want. So he would have had those demands on Daniel Levy and said, yeah, you know, I'll come, but I want this, this and this. And that would have been it. And he would never have got that at Arsenal. As you said, he they would have come in and said, well, yeah, you know, we understand you want our, but there's a guy out the back of the bins at Chelsea. You know, you might know him. Um, we could get him and we could dress it up like it would be brilliant because we'll give him a long term deal and it'd be great. So you can have him. You know, Mourinho would have gone. Yeah, no. Whereas Arteta is obviously gone. Yeah, OK, I, I can buy into that. So you, you'd have to have you'd have to bring in a manager who's willing to work under restraints, and that's why I don't know if Rafa Benitez would work because look what happened at Newcastle. He was constantly undermined by the management there, and forced to work with an average squad. And he worked miracles with Newcastle, but you know miracles miracles for us is not staying up. You know we would expect a lot more. Um, I think the I think the only other three candidates that you could put even in the the box as potential suitors. Um, Tuchel is, is now obviously one. I think Lucien Favre, who's, who's recently lost his job uh, at Dortmund, would be another, just because he's got a, a certain Wenger quantity to him. You know, he's he's a little bit a little bit Wenger in his in his thought process and the way he manages clubs. Um, and the other one, which slightly worries me again, is Patrick Vieira which nobody's mentioned because a lot of people have, you know, people realise he lost his job at Nice. He didn't do a bad job at Nice. He ha He's had a bad season at Nice. Um, Did he have um, uh, my favourite Balotelli at Nice? Was he there at the same briefly, time? Briefly, briefly, but he soon... Did he get the good end of Balotelli-Nice or did he get the, the shitty end? I, I don't think Balotelli's been good since Inter, to be honest. So, no, that, that didn't really work out. And, and the problem with Vieira was, again, tactically at Nice, he fell apart. You know, he wasn't managing games and he wasn't managing players very well. And again, you know, but I'm just... Again, I'm, I'm not saying I want him or anything. I'm just saying if you look at our board... This 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 is this is representing the bigger problem. Do you trust this board who employed Arteta to employ the next guy? You know, I think if Arteta goes, either Edu has to go as well, or Arteta or Edu, sorry, has to do basically the unthinkable, and he has to employ somebody above his own head to manage. Like you know, and and would you would you employ somebody to manage you? Like if if, Carl, if you went into work tomorrow, Carl, and and realised that you know you were sending Fifey on the wrong direction every single day. I oh know, wait, you do, but let's just say that you were sending you know really high high rise. You were sending Alan Sugar in the wrong direction to his business every day, and you're and and somebody came into you and went, Carl, do you know what I think you need? I think you need to employ somebody above you to help you. You wouldn't take kindly to that, would you? No, no one's going to. No one's going to admit that they need help either. Like no, because they want to be seen as the person that does. Um, the job, but yeah. just to both of you in, and Danny, do you think that we could possibly get uh, a manager from another club? Like, I'm just going to put it out there, uh, Bielsa at Leeds. Do you think there's a possibility that we could possibly get him out of Leeds? 
I always saw Bielsa <clears throat> as um, a manager who doesn't stay long. You look at his history as a manager. Wasn't there one club, Chris? Oh, Chris is going. Something I said. <laughs> oh, he's got a rotty, runny body. I always thought um, he would be somebody that is uh, would come in short. Bloody child. The son would come in short term and uh, get the hump and leave really quickly because he was at something as Marseille or something, or was it somewhere that he went and he was there for two days? Went no, I quit. Um, he's not someone that is going to be there for five or six years, going to turn things around, build it, the culture of the club to be something of his own. But Alan Davis was talking about getting um, the, uh, the Eddie. What well, is it, Eddie Howe? Yeah, yeah. He was talking about getting him in. Does play nice football, but. Can you play nice football with some of the shit that we've got? Because the first thing he's going to go is, well, I need creative midfielders. I need uh, another right-sided winger because Pepe isn't doing the job. William isn't really a right-sided um, winger anymore. Maybe play a little bit on the right. I think he's a little bit like Ray Parler was back in the day where he can play out on the right, but he also likes to play it through the middle. Um, so, But I think it's all, all that talk is redundant. Arteta's going nowhere because they're, they're just going to keep him. Um, I don't think they want to be a club that is going to have four managers in three years or four years or however long it is. So I can just see them as staying with Arteta. And Arteta can turn it round, but he's only going to be given until, what they again, I don't know, are they going to give him the transfer window and say, look, yeah, we'll offload some players for bugger all and we'll bring in some players that you want and then we'll see from there. Or are they going to go, you've had one league win in 10, make that 11 after Chelsea, make after Brighton away, which we never do well on that's going to be 12 games because we're not going to beat Brighton. Then after Brighton, we've got West Brom and really, and really um, just uh, should be sorted out by, by Fat Sam, who I like Fat Sam. It's his eighth Premier League club. I've got a lot of time for Fat Sam. You wouldn't argue with him. But after the West Brom game, if we don't beat that, that's going to be 13 league games about a win. And are they really going to go here, have some more money in the January transfer window? Or are they going to go, T Tommy Tickles is available. That's our kind of manager. But somebody put in the chat here earlier, we need a manager that is going to head us towards the Champions League within the next three seasons, not someone who's going to help us just avoid the relegation. We are more than three seasons of the Champions League, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, definitely. I mean, Liverpool are going nowhere, anywhere fast, are they? Like, I mean, slowly, so I should say. Like, they're going to be there or thereabouts. Pep will always have money thrown at Man City. So, whereas they're not doing well very now, uh, right now, the next transfer window, I mean, you can see... Aguero, no, actually, because if they get messy, Aguero is definitely going to stay, isn't he? So, but they're just going to throw money at uh, to make them get better. Um, I hate to say, I know um, Chelsea are always going to throw money as Chelsea do, and I know they're sort of up and down. Um, if them not up the road keep playing as they are, they, they're going to be there or thereabouts. Um, you've also got Everton that are kind of you know, looking the decent prospect. Um, so I think we are, we're nowhere near top four at the moment. Nowhere near it. There are easily eight clubs better than us at the moment, easily. Um, and then we've got to get part, well, actually there's 15 at the moment, but, um, well, 14, I should say, but we've got to get past, uh, break into that top four slash six. I think we definitely don't get into that this season or well definitely not this season next season I just can't see it um and regarding what you were saying about uh, the manager the transfer window surely if you're looking to get rid of Arteta you've got to do it now so you give the new manager 
the transfer window to say, I mean, if we are talking to a new manager, surely you're going to say to him, okay, what players do you want and that we can bring in? And at the moment, I think that if we stick with Arteta, then there's no, he's going to have the, the transfer window. So he's going to have the players that him slash Edu decide that they want. I just don't want Pony. I mean, Chris, you may know this. Um, they're talking about Ericsson coming to Arsenal. I mean, heaven forbid, but do you think that yeah, do you, can you see Ericsson at Arsenal? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, 100%. Big payday, you know, knows knows the area, knows the club. Yeah, I can. And and it, and it'll be another it'll be another player that we're we're lumbered with for 2 years, probably get half a season out of before we're before we're done with him. Pointless. They're just and and from I, I don't know if Simon's still in the chat, but I'm led to believe this one's quite far down the line as well, which worries me even more. Um, yeah, I could see it, but I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be giving. If if it's Arteta, you've got no choice but to back him in January because you, you know, if you if you're sticking with him and you you're putting faith in him, then you have to back him. You have to say, fine, here's some money to try and get us something in January. If you brought in a new manager now. I, I would only be trying to get a manager in who understands he can't spend in January. I wouldn't be spe- I wouldn't be spending a penny in January. This this squad that we've got, as I said on the pod the other day, and you know a few people would disagree with me, but I'll stand by it. This is not a bad squad. It's, there's there's a lot of average players in this squad. I'm not disputing that for one second, but it's not a bad squad. There's enough talent in both the younger players and some of the established players that you know. Let's not forget we were all lauding just six months ago for, for winning an FA Cup and being tactically... We said that we, were, we both said top four, didn't we? Yeah, exactly. We were all... Well, we were all... After that, I'm muting myself again because Sean's rapping. Abbas wants to know about Jardine Chris while I mute myself. Um, yeah, not not for me, Abbas, to be honest. Just what he did at Monaco was, was brilliant and what he did at, at, at Monaco was very... Um, that's how I put this. It was very well backed by at the time the Monaco owner who who gave him quite a lot of money and gave him a very big contract. I might add, the second spell sort of raised alarm bells for me. That they kind of let him go and then they brought him back. And whether it was because he wasn't quite his heart wasn't quite in it when they brought him back, I don't know. But he's a, he's a manager who, again, he's very. Tactically, I'm not 100% sure, and he's he's very good when things are going well. But he doesn't he, he doesn't strike me as the type that can can get you out of a, a sticky situation and progress your club. He's he's the type of the type of manager who he works very very well with younger players. But I don't think he would be a long term long term solution. I would have taken him a few years ago. By the way, I think when we when we had. And we had uh, the squad we had what three years ago. I think he probably could have worked with that squad. But this squad, I'm not. I'm just not sure to be honest. So, yeah, I, I get why his name's been mentioned because he's been out of work for a while. But that's mainly because he's sat on a beach sunning himself in Monaco because they paid him an awful lot of money. So, uh, yeah, not not quite so sure. Um, that's a good point actually in the chat. What do you reckon to that, Carl? That Alex has made Bruno Fernandes and, and Jota both hit the ground running because there's always this argument isn't there whenever you sign a player they need six months to settle i said to danny earlier on we we have this arrogance about us where we sort of refuse to sign players that are you know lower down the league or or championship level we've been linked with emmy buendia at norwich would you sort of change our transfer policy all altogether and actually start looking for players that are you know even like 
what, what I don't want to say like Leicester caliber because look where they are in the league. But would you start looking around the Premier League and saying actually we need to start signing up and coming players? Ben Godfrey, Everton Championship player. Would you go down that route? I think we kind of have to. I think we can't just keep throwing money at these European clubs. And I think, uh, I hate to bring politics into it, we can't anymore because with Brexit and all sorts, you're kind of going to have to look to more um, European, uh, sorry, English-based players. I think there's nothing, I mean, you look at, um, I forgot his name now, Oli from Aston Villa. Oli Watkins. Yeah, Watkins. He's come straight into the squad and he done well um, and I think you're right what you say Chris there is an arrogance about Arsenal or about you know we can't sign players from lower down I mean I know a lot of people were looking at G Benningham before he went to Dortmund but you know there was uh, likes of him um, the guy that's gone to I mean I know he's got a massive ego but the guy that's gone to um, West Ham Ben um, ben, ben Rama. Ben Rama, sorry, yeah. Um, you know, there's the, these are all players that Arsenal surely could have looked at. I mean, I know we was looking at David Rea from um, from Brentford uh, before we got the calamitous <laughs> goalkeeper that we did. But I know, I think I remember talking to Josh and Josh was saying that he's not as good as um, maybe we think he is. But, you know, I think we have to start looking at I don't know. Sound really Brexity here, but we have to start looking at English players uh, from England who know the game. And you know, um, I remember we, I was talking about signing Lewis Dunk from Brighton. I mean, I know now it looks like uh, something not good, but you know, Lewis Dunk was maybe someone in a, in a better squad that could have done well. He, you know, he was playing well for Brighton a couple of seasons ago, and I just think, like you said, there is an arrogance about Arsenal that no player from England is good enough for us. I mean, I'm trying to... In my mind, I'm trying to go back. Who is the last player that we signed from an English club? Is it Welbeck? I th- I, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of the same. Because, like you said, you mentioned Dunk at Brighton. What about um, Ben White? I mean, he was on loan at Leeds and was clearly too good for the Championship. Nobody was in for him. But but my but my worry again is it's all right saying we sign these players. What if we do? What if we Saliba them? You know, there's no point in signing these players if they're not going to go into a team. Who? Why? Why did Why did Jack Grealish sign a new contract at Villa? Because nobody came in for him. Like that. That has and to he, be. And he would have had the pick of. Oh God! I mean, yeah. I'm sure Spurs wanted him. We wanted him. Man United wanted him. But there was a reason why nobody went in for him and I think that yeah it's it's annoying that there are so many good players even championship level there are players in the championship that could come up to the Premier League and win sorry and and, um, play well but I think there is this arrogance well if you're in the championship you're not good enough in the Premier League which is absolute nonsense of course you you surround players with better quality of players and they play to that level not always but there are times. I mean, like you said, um, Ollie Watkins, who's come into the Aston Villa squad and done well. I mean, I think we were talking about Max Ahrens as well from Norwich to come to us. And I don't think he's a bad shout um, to come into challenge. I, I mean, is he better than um, Suarez? Cedric. Maybe uh, Cedric? Maybe. 
I don't know. I worry about him. I worry about him defensively. He's very good going forwards, but I worry about him defensively personally. But yeah, I know what you mean. But unfortunately, he signed a four-year contract, so we've got him for the next four years. Mm. So, or thereabouts, on stupid wages, more than likely. Well, we've we've got him until Kia can move him to one of his other franchises for a profit. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. I mean, it's just... Yeah, I, I think we need to start looking domestically. We have to because... But the problem is, as you know, Chris and Danny, there's always you know, a a premium price tag on English players. I mean, if we were to go in for Max Aaron's uh, next transfer window, mm-hmm. you're looking at him and you're thinking, how much is he going to cost and how much is he going to cost Arsenal? But it's not, it's not, it's not, what do we pay for Kieran Tierney? 23 million. 23. There's a lad at Rangers, James Tavernier, who's a guy who I think is defensively very decent and puts puts in a decent cross and is a, a good attack. He scores a hell of a he lot does. of goals. I mean, I think he has 10, 15 he goals a season. Fairness, that. but, yeah, but, but I mean, he's a, you know, he's a player that you... Scored a screen yeah, last week. He's a player he? you could look at. Um, Odson Edward at Celtic is a player who's desperate for a oh, move. He's, who, definitely, he's definitely on the move scene, isn't he? 100% he's yeah. got to. And he he's a player that you could build around. And and again, I, you know, I hate. I wish I could think of another example of a player because I, I hate using Tottenham as an example. But you know, Mourinho went out and bought uh, Pierre Emil Hoiberg last summer. He's not a young player. I think he's twenty five, and he was playing for Southampton and was kind of bombed out. It, it doesn't have to just be signing young Premier League players. You know, Decore went to Everton. Why were we not sniffing? I'm not saying he's. I don't think he's quite as good as everyone would, you know, ha- had said at the time. But why not? Bunasar at Watford, you know, why, I mean, why, yeah. why not? Robinson from flipping the hole to yeah. one of the best right backs. Yeah, exactly. One of the, the best, best left backs in the league. Exactly. Yeah. yeah you, know, so, that's, you know, Liverpool you know, we, take a chance and, you know, look what it turns out to be. And yeah. why do we never do that? Why? Do, I mean, the last, okay, the last punt I would say we took is probably Rob Holding. That yeah, yeah obviously probably, yeah. Um, Chambers as well. Yeah, and it's I don't know. I just think that maybe you know you're not gonna not everyone's gonna become a Robinson. It's it's not always gonna happen. But take the chance and just see what happens. And yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, we can't just keep throwing money at these French clubs. And um, and maybe we could touch on it a little bit later, Chris, about. I know the French TV football deals collapse. Our French teams are now going to be um, yeah. selling their yeah. players. Yeah, but but then but but again, I don't trust our board to go and get the right ones because if we go and do what we did with Pepe, and I'm not even talking about the fee, I'm talking about going apparently scouting a player who we've who we've now decided we want to try and do something completely different to what he did at, at Lille. There's no point. There's no. This is this is why there's no point in us in us pushing for Husemoar because we'll end up playing him as a left wing back or something stupid. What's the point? Like you know, and 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 you laugh and and I laugh, but you know, if if you put our into and as, as much as I as I like him as a player and I do, his his form has still been very patchy. He still he still is a very streaky player. He has got a little bit of a. Attitude's the wrong word, but he he has a little bit of a bit of an ego about him. He's another player that could very easily sort of turn into that kind of unsettled, unhappy player if you don't play him in the position that he joins. You know, and what's the point? There's this 
I, I would rather that we just kept what we've got and, and waited for the right player to be available than spunk 40 million on a player we're going to misuse. It, it's just, uh, that's that's my worry. So yeah, there are, there's plenty of teams in France that are going to be, you know, absolutely begging for January to come and go because there's so much financial uncertainty with the, the TV deal and everything that goes with that because a lot of these French teams have have essentially banked on that money in the pre-season and, and have put all their eggs in that basket. And if that, if that did, with what's happened with that deal has come now, there's going to be so much talent that will be shipped off left, right and centre for next to nothing. And, and it's a shame because the league is really competitive this year and it's been really good to watch, but it's going to happen. But we, and again, are we, are we going to be at the front of the queue for players like that? Josh was saying we were linked with Boulogia the other day. He's a, he's a young sort of you know young fairly talented centre forward uh who plays for Rams. It, he's not he's not well I don't want to say Cabadiwara because he, he's probably better than that, but that's kind of the level, you know, in terms of his his uh his French uh French league experience goes. You know, he scored a couple of goals and he and he's quite good movement and he's quick and you know he's he's a fun player to watch. But if that's what we're now looking at over over the likes of Edward, I, I worry. So, I don't know. I don't know. Danny, what have you heard about? Um, I just seen it today that Atletico Madrid are in for is in for Ainsley Maitland-Niles to play at right back. I've not heard that. I know um, they do need a right back at the moment because uh, not Carl Walker. Kieran Trippier, yeah. I know he's been suspended for 60 days, but would it, would you really advise I me? Mean, if I was a young player, I'd be straight out of the UK. I'd be going to live somewhere nice and warm. Like, I mean, playing at Atletico, he's got a manager who's not, no one's going to argue with, going to be playing interesting football. Um, probably the second best team in Spain at the moment behind Real Madrid. Would you sell him for because Barcelona are on their own. Would you, would you take that money for Ainsley McNinaz? <laughs> I'd want a manager to make the most of him. This manager is not going to make the most of him in any circumstances. So I'd tell him, I don't want him to go. I love everything about him. I love his, his, his um, attitude, the way he plays football, the way he doesn't put his socks up. That's what I like about him and Nelson. They, they remind me of old school, old school gooners. And that's what I'd like. But there, might as well take the money because we're not going to, not going to use him. And when he does use him, he's not, we saw when he played one game this season in central midfield that he played really well. He looked like he was hungry, wanted to go in there and turn things around, create stuff, track back, do all the good things you expect from a central midfielder that the others aren't doing. And then straight away, he's out next game. He's out again. And then he, he plays, I think he played against Man City and he, he what are you doing? It's Chris falling over. Need to, need to call an ambulance. Oh, he's unplugged his bloody audio. No, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to, there's a buzzing and it's doing my head and I'll be right back. Oh, well, I can't hear anything. Yeah, so would you sell him, Carl? I, I would do, but I don't want him to go. I think he is one of the shining lights of our young, um, young players coming through. I'm like you, Danny. I don't want him to go, but would I sell him for 25 mil? I probably would, um, because he's not getting near enough football that he should do um at the moment you know this this club is in disarray and unfortunately Arteta keeps playing the same players and he's not trying to mix it up so if you're not trying to mix it up then he essentially is a squad player now if we can get 20 25 mil for a squad player you you've got to sell him but as long as that 
money can be reinvested. But as as Chris alluded to, would you trust that money to be reinvested in the correct way? I don't know. But twenty five mil for for Ainsley Maitland Niles, you, you got to take that, right, Chris? Would you agree that you would take that? Yeah, if you're not going to use him, why keep him? I think um, I think they got greedy in the summer. I think that's what happened. I think they thought that by rejecting the twenty million that Wolves put in, I think I think they wanted closer to thirty, and I think they thought that if they rejected the Wolves uh, offer, that either Wolves would come back in with more or that it would create a bidding war, and we were left with egg on our face. Uh, I I don't um, I don't think. Ainsley Maitland-Niles is a bad player. I, th- I think he's got plenty of upsides. I don't think he's quite the second coming of Jesus like some people seem to do. Uh, but I, I think he's I think he's the sort of player that if you have him on rotation as part of a squad, he's very useful. But would you... I mean, I wouldn't feel comfortable building the team around him for the next 10 years. I don't think he's that level. You know, he's not Fabregas, if you, if you know what I mean. I, I think he's a very useful squad player. But again, it's like you said... It's money is is great if if you're investing it in the right ways, but it's no good in just selling uh, potentially one of the better players that you have to just sit to to reinvest that money into Willian's contract. You know, it is it's just that's that's the thing. If if you said to me now, twenty five million for Ainsley Maitland Niles, easy for me to say, and that pays for two um, sort of. Premier League ready midfielders, fine. If if that if that's if that's what we get for that money, no problem. And I don't mean like you know stop gaps. I mean players that are actually going to come in and benefit this squad. Progressive, exciting, um, you know, uh, Premier League ready players and and players who are going to give us something in areas that we don't have. Because that's the other thing. There's no point selling Ainsley if you're just going to bring in a you know 31 year old journeyman who's just going to sit at right back. There's just no point in that. You have to you have to move out the assets that you maybe don't want, and and bring in midfield is the area we're looking at. You have to you have to in, invest it the right way. So yeah, for me, there's no point flogging him if you're not going to change the squad. Yeah, it's um, I mean, I just saw it in the news, and it's like I don't know what what Arteta needs to do. It, it's it's. He Go. needs to do something. He needs to. <laughs> he needs to do something. Not play Granite Xhaka, maybe. I, I don't know, but I guess oh, yeah. not. If, if it's a choice between Xhaka or Ericsson, by the way, I think somebody put in the chat they'd drive him to the airport themselves with a mask, of course. Um, yeah, I I'll, I'll, I'll walk him on my back to Italy. No problem. But someone's put Matt Roberts has put. What about Declan Rice? Uh, well, Chelsea are looking at an 80 million bid for him. Uh, we couldn't afford eight million. And he's too he's too Chelsea five for me. We've got enough Chelsea reject as it is without bringing it was, a, it was a young player at Chelsea. Quite a few people, Carl, have been talking about Edu, saying that Edu should go at the same time. Edu only got the job in July 2019, so he had the 19 transfer window, and then he had the the, the, the winter 20 which was all covid the summer of 20, which is even more covid And then that's it. So he's had three transfer windows. Can Edu shoulder any of the blame here? He has Does to. It... He, he, he has yeah. to, because ultimately the players that have come in are all his. So if As you look the back, manager. if you look back, um, party, well, he didn't really have much to do with that. We, we got his, tra- we just um, bidded his contract out. So he, there's nothing he did there whatsoever. 
Um, he's not like any negotiation skills. You look at Willian, well, he's waste he gave Willian a three year deal, which I don't care any director of football, whatever his title is, would never have given Willian a three year deal. Never. It would have been two years with a third year optional. So that for me is bad business. We gave Suarez a four year contract, uh, um, which is not Suarez, why do I keep calling him um, Cedric, sorry, a four-year contract, which is absolutely ridiculous. Like, I know you may say, um, you may think, oh yeah, we got him for free, but what do we pay? Five mil for the loan, which he never played. Um, and the only reason why he got some games in the end was because of COVID and the season ran out and he got one goal in, the, in an appearance. So, which was useless. Uh, we signed him knowing... The, we paid five mil for the loan, knowing he had an injury. Again, very bad business. Um, um, who else did we sign? Who's the defender? Um, Pablo Mari. Mari. Okay, he got injured on the job, so I guess we are where we are. Jury's, jury's out on him, yeah. He hasn't played yeah, enough. Yeah, so you got to um, see that. Um, who else Who else we signed? Martellini underneath him. Well, you know, I give him it's that. Lieber. Uh, Saliba, he signed Saliba, which who the fuck knows what's happening with him uh, at the moment. We've covered that. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm not going. I'm not going to go back over that then. But yeah, but who the hell knows what's, what's going on with Saliba? But um, so if he was to judge Edu on three transfer windows, what has he done? Mm. Like, I'm not saying he's got to work miracles in three transfer windows, but there's not a signing that he's made apart from Martinelli where you think, oh, you've done well. Do you know what I mean? He's just spunked money on 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 silliness, and I'm not giving him any ratings for party at all because anyone could have done what Arsenal done and gone and bought out his contract. So mm. you know, it's, it's not, not like, like it's not like party's it's not like party's been under the radar, is it? He's he's been one of the best midfielders in Europe for a, a while. Like you know, it, it, it was very it's very clear that Arsenal needed a strong, athletic, ball winning. But yeah. with creativity midfielder, it was very obvious, wasn't it? So he's not. So for me, he hasn't done anything. So maybe he does need to go and bring in somebody else. And who that somebody else is, I guess Chris and Danny, you'd know more uh, than I. Who to bring in? We need someone who can overlook at this club and say, right, this is what we need. We need a creative player. We need a player who, in midfield, who doesn't get the ball and the first thing he looks to do is to pass it back to the goalkeeper. We need a winger who can get the ball into the box. We need someone who can challenge Bellerin for the right-back position. We need a striker who can either put the ball in the back of the net or uh, link up with what we've already got. Does Eddie know the market well enough or is he just looking at certain players and thinking, okay, cool, we're just going to go and get the player who people are talking about? What, what, we, what, we, what, we, need, what we need above that or what we needed, what we still need above that is the person who's going to do that negotiation. Uh, negotiation. Um, we missed out on Monchi. I wonder what would have happened if we'd have got him in. Um, the obvious one for me is, is Ralph Ranick. You know, in terms of a sporting director, but you, you know, newsflash: 
Man United have needed a sporting director for five, six years and they still haven't got one. <laughs> They're looking at Overmars, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. I think what we need to look for is we've got someone in Pepe who's cost us 72 million quid. We're paying for him no matter what. We've got other great players at the club that are not being utilised properly. We need to get someone in who's going to make the most of those players because, like you said, Chris, a manager can come in and not need any new players because we've got everything there. We, it's like having a chef who's going to who's making shitty dinners with quality food. I mean, he's got the farquhar and he's he's got the caviar and he's mixing it in with custard because he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. But if you get someone to come in who knows what they're doing, they're going to make a, a wonderful team out of what we've got. Whether it means bringing back out of the cold the players that are not playing for us anymore or, or turning things around like that, that's what we need to go and do because we can't afford another manager to come and go at the moment. Uh, Arteta is working with uh, Emery and Wenger's leftovers. Yeah. And then if we get another manager in, he's going to be working with three lots of managers' leftovers. And we've seen that is as we saw with Man United, you end up having loads of players like that you've had to get rid of and just give free... Like the Sanchez thing. They end up giving Sanchez a virtual free free transfer. Yeah. A bloke that they've spent half a million pounds a week on. And then they did the... Was it Angel Herrera went to PSG or something like that? Yeah. They got, yeah. And the, the whole Pogba situation, the player that they let go for free... They buy back for 105 million quid, and they, they still to this day he's still not had a decent season. And now they're looking at losing him on a free transfer because yeah. they can just chuck in more and more and more money after it. And they've stuck with with um, with uh, Ole, and it does look at times like it's turning itself around and things are going to get better. But we've got so many players there, we can't afford. We haven't got Champions League money coming in. We haven't got owners that are going to throw money at us like it's going out of fashion. So we, we can't afford to keep doing that. So we even need to I keep saying, I want to keep Arteta. But Arteta, might, it doesn't look like he's going to be the answer because you can't have new toys if the toys you've got, there's nothing wrong with them. Mm. And I keep thinking of all these analogies, but you can't do it. Oh, Alonso's there. Hello, Alonso. Oh, and if Phil you, Macker. If you get oh, rid of the three bad eggs, quote unquote, in, in Ozil, Kolasinac and Socrates and, you know, the reason they're they're bad eggs or whatever is is for everyone to speculate. You know, it's like, I don't know how much I believe and how much I don't believe. But even if you if you get rid of those three players, at the you know at the moment at the at the moment they're not playing anyway, so they're not relevant, are they? They're they're not in the squad, so so they're not relevant. So even if you have to pay them up, you just if you had a new manager, you just say, look, these three are off are off record. Just get get rid of them, or. The flip side of that is you take the Klopp effect where the new manager potentially comes in, much like Arteta did, says everyone's got a clean slate, you've all got an opportunity, and let's just say those three players, in, you know, in Kolasinac and Socrates and more importantly Ozil, they come in and they train well, you give them an opportunity in the team. There's nothing in the rule of management that says you can't be a massive liar. There's nothing wrong with bigging up a player and making him feel like the best player in the world and the first opportunity you get, selling him. There's no harm in doing that. And and Klopp did it with, with Liverpool. You know, he came into that squad and he went, right, how many of these players are actually realistically good enough? How many do I want to build my team around? And how many can I get the best out of before I move, move them on? Um, Lalana's one that springs to mind. I don't think Oxley Chamberlain will make it, or that's more due to injuries for him. Um, he got rid of Ben Teke. Like certain players, fine, they're just not good enough to get rid. But there's enough players that you could bring in and and get a tune out of, and then then chuck them. 
you know but you you what you can't do is what i think what i think Mikel did in coming in and saying to the press yeah they've all got a clean slate and you know there's all these opportunities and yeah you know we're 100% behind Meza and blah blah and then cutting them and basically like doing that thing where you walk past them in training and just turning your head because you don't want to speak to them they're still at the club they're still training every day they're still interacting with the rest of the players you can't you can't afford to do that and if if it meant in the summer that we only got I don't know, just say we didn't get Thomas Party in the summer. That would have been not great, you know, uh, don't get me wrong. But if that's what it took for us to just keep a happy, settled squad until a year down the line where we had a better idea of what Arteta's uh, plans were and how he wanted to play and all that, I'd have probably sacrificed that rather than trying to change everything in one summer, which is what we kind of tried to do. If we decided who Samoa are, we'd have had to have left out another player. Who would that player have been? probably Kolasinac and then there's another one in the bad eggs box you know it's it's just it's you you can't build Rome in a day is the saying isn't it but that's the thing you're right so if we do manage to get our mythical creative midfielder in um in January who do we leave out like who who comes out the squad is it Kolasinac do you risk only having one left back in the squad It'll probably be Pepe under Arteta. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. Who? You're that's, right. A, that's a good question. That who? Yeah, who comes out of this squad? Yeah, I I, I, mean, I, I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. Probably. Take I mean, out, I would Cedric? say you take out Runnison, uh, and then have how old's Macy? No, Macy's not under twenty-one. He's twenty-five, isn't he? So yeah, we need but you could promote one of the youth keepers, couldn't you? I suppose in theory, you know. Um. Yeah, I don't know who gets left out. Yeah, and who's I mean, there is talk of Mustafi going in January, isn't there? So I guess that would that would potentially uh, so that would potentially would would change things, I guess. But again, and and we're not talking about January the first here either. Let's make no mistake. If we sell anyone, they're not going on January the first. They're they're going on January the thirty first for ten quid and a packet packet of skills, aren't they? Because because yeah. clubs know clubs know that we we're trying to get players out. So there's no way they're just going to... It's not like we're going to have all of January to go. They're, they're, they're going to go late in the window, which leaves us with yet another problem, doesn't it? Look at this from uh, Paul, mate of the pod, oh, yeah. in Vinci Blog, in, in, I think, sunny South Africa. He says, what do you think of my theory that the manager, manager promotion is what upset the balance? Yeah, because Arteta came yeah. in as coach, didn't he? And then gone from coach. They went, oh, bloody hell, you've won a couple of games. You're now manager. Um, I take it you've uh, done a blog about this, Paul. If you have, put it in the, the or tweet me it or DM me it, and I'll, I'll put it in our chat here so people can go and have a look at it. But on, do you think that's got anything to do with it? That suddenly he's been given, he's from going coaching to, now you're in charge of everything, gone full Wenger. Yeah, too much responsibility. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, that is exactly. What was the biggest criticism of Arsene Wenger's latter days? You know, other than putting aside what was in what was going on in, on the on the pitch, it was that he picked the cutlery, he picked the tiles for the the changing rooms, he picked what you know what garnish went on the side dishes for you know over the chef. That that, that was that was one of the biggest sticks people beat him with. He's got too much power, too much control. Everything goes through him. Everything has to be done his way. Well, what are we doing now? We're doing the same thing again. You know that that press conference the other night with Arteta when he was asked about Saliba, that was embarrassing. Like that was, that was actually embarrassing. 
where where he didn't really answer the question. And when the journalist called him out on it and said, well, he could have played, he didn't know what to say. And he just went, well, yeah, we'll look at loan in January. That wasn't the question. That wasn't what we what we asked when he came out with all the stats. That wasn't the question. You know, like, and and as Alex puts in the chat, um, Pep basically gave Arteta an unearned credit. Yeah. And what did what did Pep come out and say the other day? Sacking Arteta would be a mistake. Of course it would. Because if we sacked Arteta and got in a, an actual experienced proper manager, you'd be under more threat up here at Man City because we'd actually be trying to win games against you. Of course they wanted to keep, keep Arteta. <laughs> you know, like, it's... I, I, I think Paul's right. Like, I, I think there is a... Sometimes you... What what would have been the harm in keeping him as head coach for a season? Why did we have to pull the pull the trigger when we did? You know, it, it's it's like it's like going out on the pool on Saturday night, meeting a girl, uh, you know, on a Saturday night, having a lovely John Welsh esque time with her on on Saturday night, meeting her for a costa on Wednesday, and then proposing to her on the Sunday. Give it time, you know. Let it just let it let it build and see what the relationship is like and see how it goes. And then when the time is right, a few, you know, a bit further down the line, ask her if you can put it somewhere where you probably shouldn't, you know? Start <laughs> putting with John Welsh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh. yeah, Alex, is, uh, Alex has come up with, uh, um, you're doing so well with the comments, Alex, I'm not going to even attempt your surname. He says, even Ole and Lampard learn under smaller clubs first as a manager. Exactly. I mean, Olay, um, but yeah, I agree. No, but Arsenal's, Arsenal's far too big to learn on the job. I know, we've really figured that out now. It's too late, yeah. That's why, I mean, you look at, like Paul says there, a lot of the players he was, were players he has, were his contemporaries, with steps should be earned. Some of those players he was playing with, he went in there and went, oh, I used to play with us. Oh, don't Nene. worry, this will be fine. Yeah, he knew our Nene. That's why he brought him back, wasn't it? Because he said he yeah. he enjoyed training with him. Look, we we tried. You know, there's there's no there's no shame in trying in life. I should. This I is should. why Paul is a, a blogger. The problem is there is a footballing vacuum above Mikel Arteta. Yeah, there is. There's Edu and there's um, Kia, and that's it, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, two people. And and, and do you know what? I'd have I'd have I'd have more faith. Um, I, I don't know how much of the problem Edu is. I, gen- I go back and forth on this. I'd have more faith in Edu coming out now and saying, do you know what? We we backed Mikel. We did everything we could and it just hasn't worked. I, I would have more faith in him doing that because because at least at least he, he would admit you know that he, he made a mistake. And, and what, what I thought was telling, I don't know if you saw this as well, Carl, in that I think it was was it the Everton? No, it's the Southampton. It's the Southampton game, and the camera cut at the worst possible time. I think for Arteta, when you saw Edu in the stands and he just put his head in his hands and just shook his head at one of our seventy-four failed attempts at trying to pass the ball forwards, and I just thought, Christ, it, whoever that camera person was, give that man a raise because you couldn't have panned to the to the. It's like when they used to pan to Ferguson in the days of uh, of Moyes. You know, it was it was peak. It really was, and I, I just I think that if you're if you're a club of our stature, you know, yes, you you think you would put the due diligence in place to have learnt that that maybe this was a gamble that a club of our size probably shouldn't be doing. But there's no harm in admitting you. There's no harm in just saying we got it wrong. You know, that there, there there is no harm in that, and even Mikel suffers with that. 
he was so he was so good at coming out and saying I got it wrong even three months ago. Now he's hiding behind stats because he's fighting for his job. Yeah, he knows he's under pressure. He knows that there is going to come a time where he's going to drive into the training ground and they're going to be like, Mikhail, let's have a word. And, mm. you know, it is going to happen. He, and he knows it. And the problem is, has he ruined this stock now? So yeah. if he gets fired from Arsenal, has is another club going to look at him and think, OK, are we going to hire you? Because you've taken Arsenal from, OK, a, a top seven club or top eight club to a relegation battle. Yes, you won a cup, but you know, winning the cup is is like the lottery, isn't it? It, it really mm-hmm. is. Um and it's funny. Yeah. I think I, th- I think I think he will. I, I think he will get another chance, but it won't be at a club of Arsenal size. No, it, yes. it can't be. He has to yes, he was learning with Pep. Does Pep take him back? Probably not. Um no. as his uh number two but he will go to another club and maybe he goes to uh, a Spanish club in, you know, a mid-table yeah. Spanish club and he learns there. Oh, and he, yeah, and he gets gets on there and then he's like, oh, okay, I know what to do now. But It's, it's, it's too much of a risk, Carl. Look at, look, at what, um, look at what's happened in other clubs, Juventus. Look at what's happened at Juventus. They, they took Andrea Pirlo with no coaching experience but the under, was it the under-20s or whatever? Yeah, they lost at home to Fiorentina three 0 the other night, and they bet it just you know they got through the Champions League group, but they're not playing good football. The natives are restless. They're they're not top of Serie A for the first time in God knows how long. It it it, it this whole fashion of employing club legends, it it, it doesn't work. And is I it, think it's a dream that you want, isn't it? You do want yeah. you know you'd love for someone like Thierry Henry and a Dennis yeah. Bergkamp duo to come back with Maybe Patrick Vieira as a coach um, to, you know, come back and just win everything. And, you know, it, it's, a, it's a dream. Unfortunately, dreams don't always come true. And it, it's unfortunate that right now Arsenal need to take an internal look at themselves and think, OK, we have a potential good manager who won as a cup. Um, what has gone so wrong and mm. I do think that maybe you do need to start with Edu I mean he's Edu came in with how much experience did Edu have he worked at where did he work before was it a club in Brazil Corinthians yeah as a sporting director yeah so respectfully you've come from so you've got Pep I'm sorry you've got Arteta who's come as Pep's number two and then you've got Ed, um, Edu, who's come from, I mean, it's respectfully, or maybe I don't, uh, some club in Brazil as a sporting director. Does he know? I mean, let's face it, our market's going to be the European market. If he's working in Brazil, how has he, how has he got a handle of the European market? Yeah. How many people leave uh, Europe and go to work, uh, go to play football in Brazil? Not very many, I can guarantee you that. Smaller market, isn't it? Less, there's so, less talent. Yeah, so I, I think it's. I mean, when he first when he first signed for Arsenal, everyone was saying, "Oh, yeah, we're going to have access to you know, all these um, unknown people in Brazil, all these unknown kids in Brazil." Like he brought Martellini over, and that's it. We've got no one else. Surely, mm. if he did, we would have got someone in January. Like even an I don't know an eighteen year old kid that we could have brought over in January, but we didn't, did we? Mm. Um, nobody. So it's it, it's mad. And, and like I say, now we've. Um, how Brexit is, like, you can't just go and sign an 18-year-old anymore. 
you know, there's so many rules now that you have to have played 40% um, of games for your club and or, or for your country. So the days of us going to sign a, a, a nice, good 16-year-old and just bring them over and play them in the 21s, that, that's, that's, those days have gone. Yeah, Sorry. and it's like we're... It's like we're afraid, isn't it? It's like we we went we went down the Sven Midland tap route. That didn't work out, so we've now crapped ourselves and gone. Oh, well, we can't do that again. If I, 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 in an alternative universe, we got Monchi and we've now got six or seven world class players in our team that nobody else even thought to pick up. You know, the 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 Lille system's another one. Sell high, bring in you know young talented players from other clubs and and bring them on. Isn't it funny as well? The Ivan Gazidis is AC Milan atop of Serie A. Isn't it funny? You know, he was, just, he was just on Sky News. I don't know what he said, but my TV's on mute, but he's just doing an interview for Sky News. Probably I told you so. And don't get me wrong, I was glad to see the back of him because I don't think he was a great influence at Arsenal. But it's funny how, you know, he's gone to a club with better structure and stability and he's just doing what he's actually good at, which is sort of the marketing and everything else. And they're thriving. Isn't it funny? I found my. Um, I know it's not an Urzel show, but I thought this was quite interesting. It's uh, my thing on Mesut Urzel when um, at Arsenal. There you go. It's not just under Arteta. We see that. Hold on, I've got to move the screen sideways a little bit. There we go. Does that fit? Oh, yeah, I think that fits on. We see there that in his um, last season with Wenger in the Premier League, twenty-six games, four goals, nine um, nine assists. That's not too bad. But then the first whole season under Emery, five goals and two assists in the Premier League, 24 games. And then the next season, he only played four with Emery before he was fired. He played four under um, Lundberg, uh, no goals, no assists for any of that lot in the league. And then Arteta, 10 games he played in one goal, one assist. So mm. Arteta has tried with him. And in all competitions, 12 games, one goal, one assist. The game's moved on, hasn't it? That's, that's what that tells us. But what it also slightly tells us is that or what it doesn't slightly tell us, I should say, is, and, and I don't want to go too deep into second assists and build-up play, but I wonder how many of the goals that we scored in the in the era of those managers and in those seasons, I wonder how many of those goals was he involved in. Sometimes it's not just about who plays the final pass, it's about who is brave enough to take possession. Santi Cazorla was one of the best we've ever had at it, taking possession in a tight area, manoeuvring or, or drawing players towards him and then releasing players into space while he, you know, while he retained possession. And I, again, I'm not saying Meza is going to, you know, run run the length of the pitch and make a Kimpembe-esque tackle. He's not. I'm not saying that he's going to, you know, uh, score a hat-trick in certain games because he's the, you know, the the, the, the centre-forward in at the end of every move. But what he is, is a player with, with vision, is a player with creativity with and a player with essentially, if you give him the ball, you'll probably get something out of it. Or, you know, he'll find a pass that other players won't. So basically everything Mikel Arteta hates because he's a player who will essentially do what he wants to do and will probably give the ball away much like Pepe. Probably, you know, actually, to be fair, Meza doesn't really give the ball away, but he will go missing in games for long periods. He probably will cost you a goal because he doesn't track his man once every three weeks. But what he would also do right now, because by the way, our squad's already doing that. Let's not forget that. But what he would probably also do is create chances for a striker like a Lacazette who wants the ball to feet in the penalty area or who wants the ball to run onto. He'll create an angle for Aubameyang to, 
to cut in on goal and then have somebody coming in at the back post completely unmarked because all the players have been drawn to Aubameyang's run instead. You know? Ceballos isn't going to do that. Anane isn't going to do that. By the way, Thomas Partey isn't going to do that. You know? Uh, what what Partey will do, and, you know, in, in fairness to Arteta, it's not his fault he's injured. What Partey will do is he'll dominate the midfield and he'll bring the ball through midfield. I, th- I think he will. Is he in his 40s injured? You know? Well, actually, yeah, that's a, fair, that's, well. that's a fair point. That's a fair point. That's a fair point, yeah. He's currently pushing him through rehab as we speak. He's like shoving him into an air compression chamber or whatever. But yeah, I mean, you know, that's... And that's... Um, and again, it, it, it's all revisionism, isn't it? Because we all, we, all, we all backed the decision to leave Meza out, didn't we? Let's not forget yeah, that. We, that. It might also go completely wrong. Well, I think what I think, all... I think what we all said was... This is the dis- well, not only, but this is one of the decisions that that Arteta will live and die by. If it goes yeah. well, no problem. But if it goes right. like this, then yeah, exactly. Now we're all sat there going. Mm. But the problem is, if you brought back Arteta, I'm oh, sorry, it brought back Özil, he's not going to do any worse than our midfield now, is he? No. So. Is he? I mean, this is when we really find out if it's for footballing reasons, whether he was left out or anything else. Um, Because surely even Arteta's got to be looking at that midfield thinking, I need some creativity in that midfield. And whoever you got to leave out, whether it's looks like it probably be is Nelson under 21, he is, isn't he? Yeah. So I don't know who you leave out for Mesut Ozil, but. Um, It'll probably if, end up being like Pablo Mari because he just hasn't played and he's got no other options left, or yeah. Suarez, or you know, something like that. So if you need to, but surely he's got to look back at it and think, okay, but does he? Does, is his pride too strong? That's the thing you got to look at. Will he look at it and think, no, he's out for footballing reasons or footballing reasons? My pride is a bit too strong, so I'm not bringing him back. Yeah, it makes him look weak. Whatever he does, it, it makes do. him look weak. Because he, he can't win. If he brings him back, if if he brings, say he brought him back January the 1st, and the first game we played on New Year's Day, I don't know who it is, is it West Brom? And, and, and Ozil sets up a goal. Even if we lose 7-1, if Ozil has anything to do with, with a goal, everybody will go, there you go, Mikel, told you. If, however, he comes in and stinks up the joint and does F all for six games... Everyone will go. Oh well, that's fucking Arteta. He's so weak. He's, he was so desperate, and all he all he had all he had in his locker was to bring back Özil. We knew that wouldn't work. He can't win, but he's put himself in that position, you know. And and whether it was the club decision or Arteta's decision, he's gone along with it because if if, if Arteta we were when we sacked Emre, Arteta had all the power. We didn't bring Arteta in the summer that we went for Emre. Arteta was the favourite for the job. Everyone's forgotten that. He was the favourite for the job and we chose to go with Emre. And we realised, or apparently then, a year later, we went, oh, actually, might have made an error here. And and, and that's when that photo was taken of, of Vinay out the back of the bins, you know, Arteta's house, going for a sleepover or whatever. <laughs> we, we, brought, we brought him in and we backed him. And we said, every decision, you know, we'll put our faith in you. You know, so so if that's the case, surely it's Arteta's decision, and he would have known at that point. He would one of the first things on my spreadsheet of things that I took into that interview would be, if I get this job, can I play Mesut or not? Well, the answer from the club was clearly yes, you can, because he did play for him. 
Um, and I don't know when these comments came out about the, the Chinese Muslim situation or whatever. I believe that was just after lockdown, wasn't it? If that's what this is all about, just come out and say it. What have you got to lose? But they won't do because he was sticking up for human rights. Imagine yeah. you coming out and saying, I'm condemning a player who's stuck up for human rights. So the, just, the, say the, it's off, the, just say it's off the pitch stuff then. Just say it's commercial. Just say it's... Say it's his fitness, you know. Just come out and say he's not playing for foot. He's not playing for um for, for, for attitude, you know. Mesut can come out and say whatever he wants. He'll always have. Uh, Paul says they're also not taking a pay cut because I think he it's said he didn't one of the didn't trust yeah. the club. He had his own charitable causes that he but goes he had to. Every right, Alex he had every right to do that. Exactly. He he this he got given the contract. This is what I'm saying. This is why all these people who are saying, oh, Messi Ursula should leave for um, just to, for the sake of it. Why? And then they Arsenal said, we want you to stay for four years. And for those four years, we will pay you this amount of money. Yeah. Why the fuck should he leave? Like, why? I He's wouldn't. under no obligation. Arsenal said they wanted him to stay. Arsenal, the one who said, I will pay you this amount of money. He's under no obligation to leave. And he should take every single piece of the money that he gets. And also, the loyalty bonus, I believe it's like a £12 million loyalty bonus if he stays to end of his contract. Why the fuck would you not take that? I would. Like, every um, every single person here would do exactly the same as Mr. Ozil. He, he doesn't have to leave, and he shouldn't leave either. And, like, it's just, I don't want to make this about a Mr. Ozil show, but Mr. Ozil is doing absolutely nothing wrong right now. Yeah. He's doing. Other, he, other, I mean, than, other than peddling his own agenda, but that's that's his, his is, team. But at the end of the day, that's his people around him. He's he's not sitting there slagging off the club. He's literally just sitting there trying to have fun, playing Fortnite. Like he's just doing what he's doing. And you know, if he was sitting there uh, tweeting, "Oh, I would have scored in that game," or "I would have assisted there," then you could say he's been a bit of a troublemaker. But he's not. I mean, he's, he's lost his love for football, hasn't he? I don't think he wants to. Nah. I don't, I don't, I don't think he's, uh, I think, I think Paul's put it in, the, in there. Anyone who's in it for the money would stay. Yeah. I think he's lost his love for the game. And I think that love for the game went when Arsene Wenger left because Arsene was, was basically the manager that would always defend him no matter what, no matter what happened, he would always defend us. and say, you know, he is key to my plans. He was his signing. He was his marquee moment. Um, and as soon as Arsene left, I, I feel like as all sort of went, mm, I'm not sure I want to be playing the, the stifled tactics of Emre. I'm not sure I want to play. Or, you know, I think he gave Arteta that opportunity because he played with him. I think he sort of gave him the chance to deploy him. And and if he was playing now, again, I'll come back to the same thing I said about about um, Hussein Mawar. Where would Ozil play in our system right now? Holding midfield, probably. What's the point? <laughs> Where would he play? Yeah, we'd I mean, put him right. We'd put him right wing. Like you know, what's the point? If he was going to play Ozil at all, you'd think he'd play in the League Cup game, hmm. but he hasn't done that at all. Like he can. Um, Will he play in the FA Cup game? We've got Newcastle, haven't we? Yeah. Um, you know, if he, if there was any inkling of him coming back into the squad, surely you've got to look at the Newcastle game to think, even put him on the bench. And if he doesn't even make the bench for the Newcastle game, then you just know for a fact that he's nowhere going to be recalled in January because he needs some sort of match fitness, doesn't he? Yeah, so maybe. the Newcastle FA Cup game would be the ideal game to bring him into 
apparently he trains well every day, doesn't he? For all, all the reports are he trains well. And didn't we bring him in for that cup game at Anfield? Was it the four-all draw? And he was and he was brilliant, wasn't he? Was it last season under Arteta? And he, he brought yeah. him in for that. He was absolutely fantastic that night. And and all, even all the Sky commentators were like, Christ, you know, we this is the Ozil we remember. And then yeah. here we are a couple of months later. So, well, you know? Yeah, so if he doesn't make that Newcastle game, you know, for, for the FA Cup, you know for a fact there's no way he's going to be anywhere near the squad for the rest of the season. Um, I can't, I can't see him coming back. I just, no. I can't. I, I just think, I say, if you're Arteta, that's that's a bigger gamble than leaving him out in the first place, bringing him back. Because if you get that wrong again, I mean, and unless he's unless he's told you've got two games or three games to save your job, then yeah, you might as well because you've got nothing to lose, have you? But if it, if he's been told you'll be the manager of this club no matter what happens at the end of the season, he'd be absolutely mad to bring him back. Absolutely mad. So there you go, Danny. <laughs> um, yeah, people are saying in here, um, uh, Mike Hernandez said, uh, he says, this is this is good. Why are we talking about Ozil like he's birth paint? Come on. <laughs> yeah, he's got a point. I think because we're desperate, Mike, that's why. Because we are, yeah, just because we are, we are um, clinging to the idea that we could have something interesting in midfield. <laughs> Paul saying rumor of Kia's signings are disruptive. I think if Edu stays, he's got to say, look, no more of these Kia players. Um, they're all getting uh, tidy little uh, offshore bonuses, maybe possibly from all these free signings and all these deals that are going through. Um, there's got to be the whole Pepe thing. We know that something fishy went on there. Seventy-two million pounds for that player. Um, it goes back as far as uh, Mustafi, like Gary Neville has said. When I was at Valencia, we tried to give him away. We couldn't get rid of him. And then Arsenal coming off for thirty million. That's I just I don't. I don't think it's just Kia signings, though. I think it's. Oh, I think no, it goes. Yeah. I think I, I. And again, I, you know, I don't want to be too critical of a guy because he carried us on our shoulders for six months. Aubameyang's not a good presence in the dressing room when things aren't going well. Ask anybody who followed his career at Dortmund. Yeah, he's when things are going well, no issues whatsoever. When things are not going well, I'm not saying he hides or anything like that. I'm saying in the dressing room, I'm saying he his body language is not the best, and it's certainly not the best on the pitch. So, and what Carl said, have being captain doesn't help because that's another burden he's got to carry. Well, didn't he say in the um, in his last interview? He said, um, "I don't, I don't like doing interviews when things are not going well." Yeah, exactly. Lines. Yeah. So you know, as a captain. I mean, when, what, who did we lose to the other day? And then they put Reese Nelson to come and do the interview. I mean, come on. Like, yeah. that is just, for me, that just goes to show that all the senior players in that squad is absolutely hiding. Yeah. Um, and it's just ridiculous. There needs to be, it's easy for us to sit here and say there needs to be a clear out, but unfortunately, it, it's not football manager. It's not that easy. Yeah, you can't, you can't just, just free, say, free everyone. Yeah, put someone up for a sale and they just go. I mean, mm. we know that players need to go. I mean, we look at the League Cup game. I don't understand playing Mustafi over Mari. You know Mustafi's leaving. Why? Unless he's trying to put him in the shop window. Why would you play a player that's <laughs> well. going to leave over a player that's uh, going to stay? Yeah. It, it just begs belief. But And if you're going to lose 4-1, why not just throw everybody out there? Who's, you know, why not put Balogun up front? Why not put Emma Smith-Rowe in midfield? Because even if even if they lost 4-1, nobody would care, would they? Who, who cares that we lost that game? I, I don't care. We, we were on the brink of a semi-final of the League Cup and I literally could not give a toss that we lost 4-1 City. Did not give a monkeys. Yeah. So why not play? Sometimes, sometimes you think, oh, maybe I'd like to concede eight or nine just to 
to try and get it over and done with. You know, like when you've got a tooth, just pull it out. Just you've got toothache, pull the fucking thing out, get it out, and start you, again. You could still have a strong spine. You could you could have put Lano in goal, and you could have put. You know, if you wanted to, Gabriel was suspended previously. You could have put Gabriel in, or you know, David against Liverpool in the previous round. Yeah, you, you know, put 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 Leno in, put say David Luiz in. You know, or if you really want to play Mustafi, fine. But you you didn't need to play Lacazette. You didn't need to play El Nene. You didn't need to play Sabios. You you just didn't. Kolasinac. You didn't need to play them. You know, it's almost as if Arteta doesn't know what he's doing. Amazing, isn't it? And oh, we don't take any we don't take any happiness in saying Imagine that. Imagine saying that after after that run of the FA Cup where we won sixteen out of seventeen cup we, games. We all we all fell Mass for it. City and Liverpool and no, you don't know what you're doing, Arteta. We all, oh. we all fell for it. We all fell for the fact that finally we were competitive against the big four, quote unquote, by basically stinking the joint up and hitting on the counter attack. You know, and then the, the minute the pressure came, we couldn't handle it, you know? You know, there's that there's that one season wonder, you know, like Timo Pukki did it for Norwich and there's always yeah. been you get like Sheffield United one season wonders, then they get found out with their Sheffield United's tactics of using their centre backs as wingers. And then <laughs> yeah. people are going, What the fuck? You got you you got Keon and Bold running up the wing with the ball and then their, their tactic they get found out after a season. Do you think Arteta's been found out as a manager quicker than anyone else has ever been found out with with, with uh doing stuff a different way and they've gone, ah, I've got it now. So we've got half a season of... Because the, they're, they're proper managers, because they're proper coaches who, you know, I, th- I think Mikel's so obsessed clearly with stats and, you know, paperwork. It's, and It's the, like I said in the show when we were on with Tom, it's goalkeeper, defender, midfielder. Didn't work? Back to the goalkeeper. I saw a magnificent stat by all my cats are getting on my nerves. You're hungry, you fat fucks. <laughs> um, I think as Albino said, a stat that... Arsenal have passed back to their goalkeeper 171 times a season, more than any other team. You think, yeah, that sounds about right, passing it back to the goalkeeper, because that's what Arteta's doing. Start from the back, play out from the back. No, no, don't, no. Because our game, we've got... we've got. Is there many teams that have got two players quicker than Pepe on one side and Aubameyang on the other? There isn't, is there? They're the biggest players in the Premier League, the most of it. forward to playing us. They must do. He must be rubbing his hands going, okay, Villa, local derby, that'll be a tough one. Arsenal, you say? Ah, I played them before when I was at Bolton. Basically had their number every single time I played them. Can't fucking wait. I bet he's loving it. You know, of course he is. 100%. It's just... Newcastle will have more shots against us than they have done against any other team this season. They've literally spent the entire first half of the Premier League season in their own half. And I guarantee they'll have more shots against us than anybody else. Guarantee it. But that's because, like we say, and I know it's <laughs> it's so simple to say it's such an easy solve. And to be honest, it really is. We need a creative midfielder. That's all it is. I mean, I don't know if you saw the stats the other day where we were 24 shots on goal, 24 final third passes and like 19th for shots in total. So I think shots on target, shots on goal and creative uh, passes forward. And we was all in the bottom one or two. Arsenal Football Club. Arsenal yeah. Football Club. Do you know what I mean? And okay. it, is, it is embarrassing, but because we have no creativity in our midfield whatsoever. I mean, even a midfield of Xhaka and Partey, there's no creativity there. 
a midfield of any combination of our midfielders right now, there's zero creativity. Now, surely when Arteta went into the season, where did he think his creativity was going to come from? He must have looked at it and said, right, this is going to be kind of my first team. Where's my creativity coming from? And if he didn't, then he's not going to have to be our manager. Because even the most basic of football manager players would look at that and think, right, I know that I need to feed the ball into X player because they're going to be the ones to play that forward pass. Did he think he's going to get that from Xhaka? No. Did he get get it from Ceballos? Maybe he did, but it's not happening. He said he saw something in El Nene that he, you know, kept him at the club. Did he think he was going to get that from El Nene? No. So of our three main centre midfielders, there's no creativity. Mm. There's a reason why we want to move one of our best wide midfielders centrally in Saka, isn't there? Or, or Martinelli. There's a reason why people are desperate to play him centrally because because we're trying to yet again bodge it. And as Paul's put in the chat there, haven't won at Brighton since 1981. I mean, that bodes well, doesn't it? You know, and it's and it's the classic sort of game where Graham Potter is... is uh, oh, he's, he's for... can't wait, hyping them up. Come yeah. on, we can do Arsenal here. Like, look how weak they are. We get stuck into them. That's the team talk. That yeah. is the team talk right there. And, and, they... and the best bit is as well, Brighton play football. So the sort of team that we probably should be looking to, you know, looking forward to playing because they'll actually probably try and play football rather than just lump it long. I bet that I bet that ain't their tactics when they play us. I bet it isn't. I bet it will be get it up to Mopai and fucking oh, yeah. whoever else. Basuma kicking the shit out of us in midfield again. That that will come up trumps guaranteed. Ho ho ho. Right, do you think we should uh, wrap this this one hour podcast <laughs> up? Really? Chris, we've been going to it should, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it gives, it gives oh, something know. to listen to and, lo- and moan about. There's Mike. Uh, Mike, we uh, plenty of times we tweeted it and put in here that you were doing your. I forgot you were doing your show, and so we told people to come along and say hello. We saw you had loads of people. I saw Jace was on there. Jock, um, Amanda, you, um, Dave's, uh, his, his nephews. Um, loads of people on there, yeah. So, uh, put it on. hopefully, people come along from the show and said hello. Thank you, it went all right. Uh, yeah, so that was uh, that's nice of them to do that. So, what else we got to do? Um, oh, cross really? our finger, we're we all ready for Christmas. Let's be a little bit positive towards the end of it. Are you all ready, Carl? Uh, do you know what? I had all these plans to get all my Christmas shopping done this week. Um, yeah. What did Boris do? put me in tear for but do you know do you know what like in all seriousness i i truly do hope that everyone has a, a really nice christmas no matter if you're by yourself if you're you know you having to be you can't see your parents or your loved ones it's unfortunate that we're kind of in this position but you know let's be safe this year so next year we can have a hopefully have a proper christmas and you know this just just do the best we can i mean don't be upset don't watch arsenal you know, if uh, we, we want to stay happy, but no, but in all seriousness, even if you're alone, just know that, you know, anyone at ABW would easily have a conversation on Twitter apart from, sorry, sorry, Chris, um, <laughs> <laughs> any of us will have a conversation with you, you know, Danny, Josh, Ellis, fuck Ellis, by the way, um, any of us will you know, Nick, all of us will have a conversation with you, don't feel that you're alone, and if you need to unleash about Arsenal, hit us up. You know, we'll give you 
our, our truth about Arsenal. And if you feel really upset, come and watch us on this lovely platform. Watch us be miserable. Because <laughs> we won't be live on Boxing Day because no one needs grown men crying at a 9-0 loss. I mean, uh, for, we saw what Chelsea did to us in a Wenger's thousandth game. Oh, and uh, that's when we had players who could kick a ball. Oh Jesus! Christ. Oh yeah, do you remember? Jeez. If we if we win if we win five nil, we'll, we'll be on. There you go. Better oh yeah, commitment to you there'll guys. There'll be nine of us. There'll be nine of us on here. Like <laughs> well, I, I knew it. I told you we'd do them. <laughs> Give him a new contract. Make a statue of him. Put him yeah. Oh, um, yeah, we probably won't be here Boxing Day because uh, I've ignored the child all day and uh, I'm wrapping this up. And then she said, "Oh, by the way, I've got to drive to my mate's house to pick my bloody coat up and then drop a present off." Scumbag! Don't have Why? kids. Don't have kids. They're all shit. <laughs> she hasn't got me any presents. Fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> you can go to your room, young lady. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah. So we probably won't be with you. Um. Boxing Day, and then uh, we might do one in between that game and New Year's. But I'm um, not sure about that. But like Carl said, everybody have a, have a lovely Christmas and uh, go and find someone that you haven't spoke to in a while. Give them a ring. Give them a text. Let them know that you're still there. I heard someone say that. What was it? It was on um, listening to, I was listening to a podcast and he said uh, they hadn't spoke to his friend for 10 years. No, what podcast was that? I don't know. It'd literally been any. I know Take That are doing a little advert about that, aren't they, at the moment? So was it Robbie and Gary? Oh, oh no. I mean, that, that might be where they got it from. Yeah. That's annoying now. I can't have you seen it. The, I know we're talking about adverts, it's Ray. Have you seen the new Pepsi Max advert? No. no. Where, so, uh, you know the guy that drives the Coca-Cola um, van? He keeps yeah. going to these petrol stations and drinking Pepsi Max, and then he gets caught on camera, and you see him like, looking up. It's actually quite funny. I don't know why they're taking, they're taking the piss out of Coca-Cola, but it's it's actually really funny. I'm gonna have to look that one up. It might have been Mark Kermode and Simon Mayo, um, the Wittertame. If there's anybody from oh, the Church of Wittertainment here, do a uh, bow noddingly, noddingly bowly, bow knowingly. That's the one. Anyway, so he said that he hadn't spoke to his mate for ten years, so he rang him up and they had a chat, and he said it was nice to hear from them. But I can keep in contact with most of my friends and uh, and Ellis. So, uh, yeah, there would have been a game a couple of days ago, but I said, Josh, you're in charge of this one. It's up to you if you do it. And he went, nah, half-time, nah, it's not doing nothing to talk about. That's that's what you've done to us, Arsenal. That's what, you, that's what we've resorted to. We can't even be bothered anymore. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, right, so uh, thank you very much, Chris, for joining me. It's been a fun hour. That's all right. I'm going to read us out with a poem when you've finished. So. Okie dokie. And cheers, Carl. It's nice to see you back on again. It's been a hey. couple of weeks. Busy man. Hey. It has running the network, and just remember when you're all sitting at home eating your Christmas turkey, I'm at work watching people break into underground stations. <laughs> absolute, absolute shit bag. So, a little bit along the bottom of the screen, um, Carl, just for you because uh, it's a hashtag fuck Ellis and it's a hashtag Holly Bobs, two of the things you hate the most. Indeed, I mean, I love Ellis, but at the same time, hashtag fuck Ellis. That's it. That's it. Great words. Right, Chris, I'm going to put myself on mute. You, uh, you, because Sean's busy uh, going through the, doing the presents. So uh, you do your little poem and then uh, close the show and, I, and tell me to turn this shit off. So thanks, everybody. Have a lovely Christmas. Up your bum. Bye. Towards the night before Christmas and Arsenal are shite. Up next, Boxing Day, Chelsea. Another sleepless night. The signing of William made by Arteta with care. Probably the reasons our cupboards are bare.
No number 10. No creative midfield stirring. Please bring me Ward Prowse. Be it the players or the manager, the problems are clear. Please, Arsenal, just give us this Christmas something to cheer. 2020's been shit, but the end is in sight. A Merry Christmas from ABW to all. And to all, a good night. Danny, shut this shit off. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog. <laughs>